Hey, everybody, welcome to an episode of Puck Off here. I've got my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Andrew, how are you today? Doing great. Um, loving that we have a really special guest with us. I was just going to say, we have an incredible guest, one of my favorite people in the world, one of the nicest guys that you'll ever know. And if you've followed along the uh, the links in our show episodes, uh, he's the one that I've been telling y'all to reach out to, Mr. Chris Davis himself from Drop the Mitts. Chris, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good. I'm still still recovering a little bit from a uh, trip to Buffalo, but um, yes. yeah, man, I, I'm so fired up for hockey to get started. How, how was Buffalo? How 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 is it over I'm there? I'm gonna say this: mm-hmm. I loved Buffalo. Does I don't it get know a bad what, rap. The city, it, or the it, it does. I I I genuinely believe that. I think it gets a really bad rap. Um, mm-hmm. I went with my dad to watch. We you know we watched all the games. Um, I love the city, dude. I mean, everyone was so friendly to, to me, at least, and you know my my dad. And it's just very industrial. Like it, it's a clean city. It. Um, mm-hmm. I love the setup with you know the the practice rink and the professional rink were directly next to each other. It was a cool setup. Um, yeah, it was think, it was a good time. I don't think it's the city people have much problem with. I think it's the eight fucking feet of snow that they get yep. every other week in the winter. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, like, that's exactly it. No, literally every other week. That's for sure, it, dude. Because again, the the city was clean. There was there was no issues with the city itself. The people were fine. Like the food was good. That can be the only real complaint, I guess. And and I know I was only there for three days, so I I don't I guess what the fuck do I know? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I had a good time though. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta ask because I got a notification shortly before sitting down to record this. Uh, your buddy Matt, the one that you've been doing and pushing the GoFundMe for, Andrew yeah, and I yeah. talked about it a couple uh, episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds like there's a pretty big update when it comes to him. You want to just provide that to the to the listeners who've been following along with that a little bit? Yeah. So he um, he's actually starting physical therapy. Kid's a fucking lunatic. Um, <laughs> he's you know he he start he's got moved to the what a unit. Center. Yeah, dude, he's he's just an animal. And uh mm-hmm. I actually saw him yesterday um when he was still, you know, in Burlington, but yeah, he you know, he's in good spirits and you know, he just wants to get the fuck out of there. Like he he's just one of the most driven like again, he's an animal, dude. He he no one thought he would be even close to this and it, it's crazy how how fast he's recovering and he he's mm-hmm. just doing awesome. That's awesome. Good to hear. Obviously, the the GoFundMe I'm assuming is still up and running. People can still help out that way. Yeah, I can't imagine they don't need the help. I mean, it's a pretty severe situation. So, um, yeah, definitely shout out to to Matt and and his family as as they're all going through it. They're all going through their own way. But uh, you know, props to Matt and and all of our best over here to him. Yeah, and, I, I also uh, wanted to bring up. Sorry, to, sorry if I'm interrupting, but we're also hosting. Um, been working with uh, Bruins anthem singer uh, Todd Angeli. Um, he's been, dude, had multiple conversations with him. Just again, he one of the best like the guys, nicest guys. Yeah, he is man. And like again, he hopped right in to help. Like he, he just again, I've been talking to him pretty regularly. Um, and he helped us. We're actually going to be having an event, um, at Brady's in Lemonster. Um, it's going to be an evening. going to happen with all the flooding that we had? Well, we'll see. I'll, I'll get them there one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll let so, you know where the road closures are. Yeah, dude. Well, not to get off topic, but 
the dam that came down that literally was right near Emma's parents' house. I was driving by. I was like, holy shit. I didn't realize that there, it was that bad. Oh, but yeah. yeah you guys, it was like a state of emergency and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy it's still, shit. I think it still is just because of the way the federal government funding and all that stuff works. But I, I have a, a text, uh, a screenshot where uh, five of the six roads that lead to my house are all blocked off. <laughs> And the sixth one is one way. So funny. It was so funny. He showed me that. And I was like, I couldn't get home that night. Like, what did you do? You're going to have to park in Fitchburg and walk. Oh, man. Half of Fitchburg's gone, too. That's true. Man, I got a flat tire. I was going to I was going to school and I came out of class and like literally my my car was completely slanted to the right. Oh, you got a piece of Fitchburg stuck in your tire. Oh, yeah. And and with a parting gift. Dude, I was so mad. But anyways. Yeah, so we're we're putting on an event um, at Brady's. It's going to be October first, um, from two to six. Todd Angeli is going to be there. There's a bunch of you know special guests that we're not announcing yet. Um, Gotta leave them wanting more, Chris. Yeah, you know, and uh, so it's going to be Todd Angeli and Boston Comedy All Stars, uh, Caroline Plummer, James Dorsey, and Chris Zito. Um, they're going to be doing stand up. Um, there's going to be food, you know, raffles for, you know, some Bruins stuff, some Patriots stuff. Um, it's going to be an awesome time, dude. And, um, yeah, so it, it should be good. Were you able to get Matt that jersey? Oh, yeah. He got it. And and honestly, I think yeah. right now it's um, – I'm pretty sure it's at his house. They brought it home to him. Um, but he's got a picture of it and everything. And and right now we're working on getting him an, uh, getting him a Patriots jersey too. So I'm nice. in contact with them. And um, yeah, dude, it, it's been unreal. Like just the amount of people that have you know reached out wanting to help. Just and even just spreading like posting on the story goes such a long. I was gonna way. say like, I know that yeah. that your your Instagram story has alone been reposted by a number of current players, former players organizational you know members like just a a lot of people where you would sit there and go how you know how does a a kid like you know from this random town get noticed by these people but it's all for the good cause the right kind of cause and and i think that's what makes it easy for them to get behind and all of us to get behind too because i mean Mm -hmm. I've never even met this kid and, and he sounds like a great guy. <laughs> yeah, dude. He's, he's so funny. Like I saw him yesterday and, and the last time I had saw him was in Utah, obviously. Um, and I, I walk into it and obviously, you know, we hugged it out as much and it just as cut, you know, he goes, I see you're still ugly as ever. And that's when I knew him. It just gave me a little bit of like, just made me feel good that he was normalcy. Actually, yeah. Yeah. A little sense of normalcy, you know, telling me I'm ugly, which is, you know, pretty normal. Um, yeah, it was awesome. It's a pretty normal compliment, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, a uh, few minutes in already. And, uh, you guys want to talk some hockey? Man, do I ever. All right. Let's do it. Well, as we said, you went to Buffalo prospects challenge. First of all, which team of prospects impressed you the most? Dude, it was not even close for me. Buffalo Sabres. Um, I think just, I was able to see all their games. Um, and watching the chemistry between Maddie Savoy and Zach Benson was something I haven't seen in a while. And obviously they were teammates, uh, for the Winnipeg ice. Um, so they, you know, they've got a couple years under their belt, but man, they freaking lit it up. They had some unreal 
highlight real goals. And I think those are two prospects that you're going to see um, have a legitimate chance at the Calder this year. I think it's so funny how we, when we talk about Buffalo, we talk about all of the, all of these young, all these young prospects. You got Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, stuff like that. No. And nobody talks about Savoy. Savoy may end up having the, if not the, one of the higher ceilings of all of them. Absolutely. The dude, the, the, dude, the dude is an absolute, just an amazing playmaker. Yeah. He flies on the ice dude. Yeah. And honestly, like, the, the clips that you see don't even do it justice to how fucking fast this kid is. He and he and he sees the ice like like probably the best that I saw um, at that mm-hmm. tournament. Um, and and it was almost oh sorry no you know you finish it, your thought yeah and it it was like you know and obviously I know they've had the chemistry for a few years now and it, it's just like they always knew where each other were and I think that's some especially with them now being on the same NHL team it's they're going to be a really fun team to watch. Think about the problem of having to move Dylan Cousins over to the left wing just to get Maddie Savoy in your top six down the middle. So, Mm -hmm. even even for, I mean, there are two players. I I just got a message actually that Savoy's injured. Um, I don't know how serious it is. Um, But a a situation that I really would like to see is far, you know, talking about Buffalo, um, obviously keeping their first line intact and then keeping. Maddie Savoy and Zach Benson together, but then maybe sliding a Jeff Skinner on that left wing to play with those mm-hmm. two, or or Kyle Okposo, uh, you know, someone like that. And I think that's something like a that veteran would, scorer kind of yeah, guy. I think that would be something really fun to watch. You, um, they have all this. In, they have all this insane young talent on the Fords, and they still have seven million dollars in cap space. Yeah. Oh, well, that was my next question. Do you think Benson Savoy make the team this year? I don't think there's any doubt. I think. And honestly, I'll be the first to, you know, admit I'm wrong, but I am 99.9% sure that both of them will make the team out of camp. Okay. Wow. Heard it here first. Yeah. I, gonna, and again, I, I'll, if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit. Yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I'm wrong, like, if, if they don't. But just from the short sample size that I saw, they dominated their peers. Like, it was the mm-hmm. chemistry that they had. I think Buffalo would be silly not to not to put them in the lineup night one. The Athletic ranked him as their top prospect as of August. Yeah. So and like Shot again, the you, ranking. you know, Andrew, you brought up like no one oh. talks about Maddie Savoy too. He was a ninth overall pick, you know, a few years back. Mm-hmm. No one's talking yeah. about him. Like he he's someone that is definitely gonna crack this lineup. And um, you know, I brought up the Calder Trophy, and obviously, you know, we got the Bedards of the world, Fantilli, all these guys. But I think these are two uh, two sleepers to watch this season for I sure. Say, the Calder this year is going to be one of the most exciting potential races because it, you also have a guy like Matthew Nyes who's eligible for it for Toronto, even though like we heard all about him last year and and, and all this stuff. And and when we saw him, it looked good. But he's eligible for it. You just mentioned Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli. Fantilli looks good for for Columbus. Yep. Um, I mean, Bedard went off with with a hat don't, trick. Don't forget a uh, Logan Cooley too. He signed. You know, he signed Leo the Carl. best prospect in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, we'll never let them live that one down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then even like Leo Carlson, and you know, there's still you know Shane Wright. He's eligible for it. You know, it's like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. And, and I know typically they don't give the, uh, 
you know, the Calder Trophy. But even even a guy like Devin Levi, too, he could be huge to the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I am so pumped to watch Devin Levi this year. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. There's plenty of other reasons. We've been, we've been naming them left and right. You know, Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins. You know, I mean, as a former Boston Bruin, Connor Clifton. And then you have, you know, Owen Power. Like, there's so many reasons to watch the Sabres. Devin Levi is that is that one guy though that you sit there and you go if he clicks oh shit yeah because that, that, if he clicks I'll tell you right now if he clicks this team is good enough they could win the division I agree I and honestly I know obviously we're all Bruins fans here but do not be shocked if Buffalo finishes ahead of the Bruins in the Atlantic do not I, it should not be a shock to anyone if it if it happens Buffalo scares me more than Tampa I think I think Buffalo is incredibly talented. I've been on record, and I, I I've said this all along. I've said this on this show. I've I said it on a video that I did with low quality Bruins fan uh, this weekend that we dropped, where we did two hours. I where saw we that. Dissected his power rankings. I think they need if Buffalo gets that one more piece. I agree with everything. They yeah. just have to get that one more top four defenseman. Can I, can I tell you something, Andrew? I think they're going to get two more pieces because they have a real legitimate shot to bring in Patrick Kane. Yep. If you bring in Patrick Kane up front and the thing, and the catch is with this team, Patrick Kane is a middle six forward. Mm -hmm. Patrick... Oh, sorry, Andrew. Sorry, buddy. No, it's all right. It's all right. Patrick Kane. Huh? So so now let me are we let me are we, are we is every game going to be seven five now if, if they 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 Not already have Levi in net with if Devin Levi is the missing piece then they will be winning games four to one five to two like let me let me ask if, you if this they get that other defenseman Andrew then it's even better right we just you know we were just talking about these these top prospects tell me what you think about a line of Maddie Savoy Zach Benson and Patty Kane that's uh. Wow, that would be that would be something that 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 would be something that if if Tony Granado did that, I would I would I would applaud him because that take that would take some balls. That would take some balls to do. It would, and and sure. these are, and I haven't even named other. Those are just the top two on the Sabers. There were other I was guys. Say, that, we've only mentioned like two names. Yeah, the th challenge. and this is Yuri Yuri Kulich looked fucking nasty too. And again, they didn't they weren't playing on the same line. He looked good. Isaac Rosen, who was also a first round pick to the Sabres, looked really good. Um, Isaac Rosen's Isaac Rosen's going to be a solid player, I think, it, for that. Absolutely. For sooner rather um, than later. And you know, and, 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 all this also means too, Andrew, you pointed it out. They have seven million dollars in cap space. What do you? What kind of player do you think a Yuri Kulich could fetch you in a deal as a veteran? Let's say, I don't know, left shot defenseman, Andrew. You want them to get one more top four guy. Who yeah. could they get for that kind of prospect? Don't say Matt Grizzly. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like um, they're honestly, kind of capped on left shot defensemen right now. I mean, left they, shot that they need a right shot. They need right it's, shot. It's, it's, they, they, they desperately need a right shot guy. Um, well, uh, yeah, because right now the right shot, the right side is topped out with Johnson and Clifton. Yeah. And Which, power if you're playing him on the offside. Yeah. A right-handed defenseman. What a guy would. What would a guy like Kulich would pull? Hmm. 
That's that's a very that's a really tough one. And the um, is, here's the question: If you're Buffalo, do you yeah. go for a defensive rental piece? Not at not at the expense of Coolidge. Do you okay. go for like middle age, like not middle age, not like thirty five, but like thirty, like thirty two years old with with a little bit of term? I would I would much rather do that, getting a right shot defenseman and keeping my prospect core in peace. That's mm-hmm. the names we just mentioned. You know, the Coolidge, uh, Rosen, ben, all those guys. I, I don't think you, I don't think they necessarily need to move those guys yet. I think they mm-hmm. can bring in other like for way less a right shot defenseman to kind of plug in. Cause again, they brought in Connor. They Clifton. can survive the regular season right now. Yeah. For sure. Like they, yeah. they have a phenomenal top four. I mean, you got obviously yeah. Owen power. I don't think has fully come into his own yet. Here's um, what I want to know. Knowing that now we're having mm-hmm. this conversation about defensemen and I, I apologize for cutting you off, but why the fuck did they trade Labushkin? I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. They're probably looking at it now like, uh, I need to pull up that deal, what that was. What did they get from a fourth-round pick? Something like, like – it was. Like they sent what them they over to the- Anaheim. It helped Anaheim because they needed a defenseman, but, like, you – what the fuck are you thinking? You created – Like, they problem. literally needed – they literally needed a defenseman. <laughs> I know. They couldn't not but, have and, one. And the reason why I'm looking – why I'm asking about it is because I'm looking at the 2023-24 or, sorry, 24-25 pending free agents on the right side of defense and Labushkin's one of them. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, and he's uh, 30 years old. Like, why did they get rid of him? Yeah. And again, if you're looking at it from a standpoint of him being like Mm -hmm. a third pair defenseman, he had a solid year, man. 68, you know, he played in 68 games, two goals, 12 assists, um, 14 points and was only a minus two. Like that's, if that's my third pair, right shot defenseman, I don't hate that. Honestly, no. like, look at no. what we have for the Bruins right now. Like, I the only thing I can think of, and and if I'm Buffalo, I'm not scared to do, to do this. If I'm other teams, like, I don't want to help them out. But <laughs> I wonder if you might be able to pry a guy like Brett Pesci out of uh, Carolina. But at what expense? They 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 need they need they need to get rid of somebody. That's my that's why because they. There's not a lot of teams that can take on a contract in full. And that's the key part is it has Mm -hmm. to be a contract in full. Carolina desperately needs to make a move um, as far as getting in under the cap. Although, you know, Ottawa may end up having someone available because they need to push someone out the door to sign uh, Pinto. Yeah. If I'm Buffalo, I could look up at Ottawa and be like, well, we can take a contract off your hands. There is. I think they'd have a, Oh, sorry. I will say there's a. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, we keep doing that. There is a ton is of smoke surrounding Pinto and the Flyers right now. What? What was that? Your your internet, your closet Hello? internet is terrible, or is it me? My closet, my closet internet. Okay, hang on. Let me let me let me unthrottle my connection here. One second. Yeah, hang on. Okay, is that all right? I got you loud and clear now. Okay, all right. Uh, let's start that again. Um, to be fair with Pinto, there's a lot of sound and fury surrounding him and the flyers right now i wonder if it actually happens it wouldn't be the first time we saw smoke from one team to cause another team to up their price so it could just be a a ploy but i i think i think ottawa wants pinto 
That's the thing. And they have an abundance on defense, so they could look at moving one of their defensemen to make room. I mean, mm-hmm. you've, you've got a guy like uh, Brandstrom who, yeah, he's 24, he's an RFA, but he's already making $2 million, and he needs to be re-signed going into next – not, not this year, but next season. So depending on the type of prospect that you're willing to part ways with, you could get a 24-year-old defenseman – on, with with the ability to have team control, again, that, that not a guarantee. But I mean, they're not going to trade Chikrin because they just got him. Maybe Artem's up. Again, depending on what you're trying to. to that would on. you know what you want to know something. That would be the perfect kind of defenseman that they need. Zub, Artem Zub is, I think he he's he's vast he's vastly underrated. I feel. I you paired him. You Ottawa has been pairing him with Shabbat, and Shabbat ever, ever since Zub has been attached to Shabbat's hip, Shabbat's really flourished because it's allowed Shabbat to play to his strengths while Zub does the dirty work, and Zub's really good at the dirty work. Yeah, I think I think he would be the one if you're looking at that group that would be most likely to be moved. I mean, I, I can't see a scenario where they move a Brandstrom, any, you know, especially a Jake Sanderson. There's no fucking shot. They move him. I no, mean, not with the contract he just signed. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I, I, right. They're not moving Shabbat. They're not moving Chikrin. They're not. Do you add a prospect moving. like Jacob Bernard Docker to make sure that a trade like this gets done. If you're Ottawa. Oh, I'm sorry. I got, I got that fucked up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> But if you're, I mean, but if you're Buffalo, okay. So if you're Buffalo, do you add like a are there any, Buffalo has such an abundance of prospects? There has to be some that have to fall that have fallen out of favor. Well, you I was going to say someone like Isaac Rosen, for instance. Like you already have an abundance of forwards. You got to give to get. Mm-hmm. He would right. help Ottawa, but if it's going to get you the defenseman that you're looking for. And he has control. Let's not forget the fact that Zub has this year and three more. Mm-hmm. Right. At Dude, a reasonable 4.6. I can't see a scenario where they trade, make a trade like that within the division. That's the part that, mm-hmm. that, that keeps coming back. If I'm Buffalo, though, I can take the hit. My prospect pool is deep enough. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. But I feel like Ottawa and Buffalo are so close, like, so closely matched when you're looking at these two rosters, are you really wanting to give Buffalo a zoob and then you're getting a prospect that might pan out? Do you, don't... Char- do you charge the division tax? Right. I think that's why it makes more sense to look out West. Right. I'll, I'll look into it some more and, and, and see if there's anything else that makes a little bit more sense. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's the type of deal that we're looking at. Uh, honestly, they they should have been going after a guy like Sean Dersey. If good on Arizona for grabbing that. Good on Arizona for grabbing that. Yeah. So, he talk about another underrated defenseman. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um. Anyway, that's a good tangent on Buffalo and impossible moves that they're never going to make. <laughs> Who else stood out at the prospect challenge from not the Bruins? Because we're going to spend probably forever on them anyway. Yeah, so another guy that comes to mind right away um, for Pittsburgh, uh, Braden Yeager, centerman. He got drafted, obviously. I've heard a lot about him. First rounder this year. I could. He's another guy that I could see making out of camp. I could see him making the team. He looked 
good. He was great out, yeah. great on the on. He he looked like he was most comfortable at center, although they did have him playing the wing at times. But he looked most comfortable playing center. Um, yeah, he he looked good. Yeah. One thing I will say though, one thing I will say about Brandon Yeager, if you're an EA guy, always draft him. He always turns into a star. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I'm a big Chell guy, dude. I'm the same. I'm the same way. I always grab him in the uh, in the drafts. Yep. 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 it's funny. He though, always he, turns it. He always turns into a first line. Always first pans line out. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you mentioned him though, because you said he's at center. So if he were to make the team out of camp, would he? Do you see him making it as a wing or as a center? It depends. I mean, honestly, with him being such a young kid, I mean, who better to learn from than a Sidney Crosby, right? Or or, so, or a Geno Malkin? Like, well, that, that's my point. We've seen Malkin kick over to the wing before to play with Crosby. Do you see him being more of the two C with Malkin, and then you have kind of really sheltered him with? Evgeny Malkin, yeah. uh, if there's an important face-off, you can always swap them out, like that kind of thing. Or do you see them deepening their depth and down the middle and going Crosby, Malkin, Jaeger? No. So, you just... Sorry. No, you're good, man. I'm sorry. I, To be honest, I think they would be best suited having him in a 2C role and having Gino on the wing with him. I think I think that would be phenomenal for his development for multiple reasons. Um, for one, he's the one C of the future, um, and I think I think him getting the time now to be playing against these guys, getting NHL minutes, it's only gonna it's only gonna benefit him. Um, and the other reason, getting him getting to play with with Gino, like what better fucking line mate to have, like. Well, Crosby, of course, but oh, Crosby, but I mean, I think he's better suited playing center and learning behind Crosby. Crosby still getting those one C minutes, and you know, letting Jaeger kind of learn from him. Um, I think that, and like I said, I saw him playing. They had him on the wing at times. He just looked more comfortable playing center, um, and I think that's. I, I don't think anyone here is arguing that he shouldn't be playing center for this team, whether he's in that 3C role or 2C role, I think the Penguins would benefit from having him as a 2C playing with Malkin. They would do well to try to integrate at least a little bit of youth into this team this year. And telling telling a guy like Jeff Carter, you're the 13th Ford now. So so with that being said, that means you're putting Jaeger at 3C. I so here's what I would do. I would put I would put Jaeger at three C, shelter him to start, see how he responds. Who do you shelter him with on the third line? Because it to to Chris's point, if you put him on the second line, you already have one wing figured out. It's gonna be Malkin, and then on the other side, you can put a guy like Brian Rust or Ricard Raquel or even Riley Smith. Riley Smith is a you just named three wings, so there you go. Yeah. (laughs) So you you could you could do a Riley Smith defensively responsible. You could do a Brian Russ defensively responsible, or you could put Eller on the wing and let him and let and let Jaeger let like a Brian Rust and a Lars Eller dig in the corners and let Jaeger be the be the trigger man on that third line. Yeah. All the while, putting him. Getting him some time. Do, you, do you see him being successful in a role like that? Does that does that look like it would help his projection? All the while, 
you're giving him power play time with Crosby and Malkin as well. Yeah, I I don't hate that, to be honest. Yeah. I like with how high they drafted him and with how little time Gino has left and Crosby. I mean, who knows? We don't know when. I mean, we, we, we just saw Berge retire. Like, who knows? I, I For me, if I'm Penguins management, the coach, whatever, I want to I want Braden Yeager to soak up as much as he can playing with a guy like Evgeny Malkin. And I think mm-hmm. I, I think that's that would be best suited for his development. Obviously, what the fuck do I know? But mm-hmm. I just think him getting a full season with Gino, with like Chris mentioned, you know, any of these guys, uh Brent uh Rust, uh any any of them, I think I think he would flourish in, in a two C role. Although I, I don't disagree with you though, Andrew. Like I, I could I could definitely see it. There's a little um, something to be said though to be able to finish your shift, skate over to the bench, and have you know even Mike Riley on one side of you and Geno Smith, uh, Geno Malkin. Riley Smith, I think. Yeah, you mean. yeah. No, Riley Smith. Yeah. What did I like I Mike Riley. <laughs> Riley Smith. <laughs> Riley Smith on one side, veteran, solid veteran, yeah, like yeah. you said, two way kind of guy. And then Evgeny Malkin on the other side, also very defensively responsible, but also very, very well known for his offense to be able to then look to your left, look to your right. What did I miss here? What did I miss there? And get the instant feedback from those guys. And then mm-hmm. a minute and a half later, you're jumping over the boards with them again. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's the exact. That's exactly it, Chris. I, that's the standpoint I take and, and the viewpoint that I have on it. I mean, let let Jaeger go out there and fuck up. I mean, he, he's an eighteen year old kid. Have him play with a Geno, with a Riley Smith. Let him go out there. He's gonna let him get that mentorship with those two uh, veterans. Let him fuck up. He's gonna fuck up. He's eighteen years old. There you and, go. So we both agreed with Andrew. Then we'd all be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so, Listen. yeah, I I think that would be an awesome spot for him, man. I, and obviously, I'm just just based on what I saw. Immediately, I thought about him playing with a, a guy like Gino Malkin towards the tail end of his career. I think it'd be awesome. It'd be fun to watch too. It, it certainly would make the Penguins a lot more watchable. That's for sure. Yeah, dude, they were brutal last year, yeah. man. Like, I don't know. I, like the clock I, is I'm ticking ex- on them louder to start integrating youth than yeah. even say the Bruins are. Well, it doesn't help that they integrated a 33-year-old defenseman. Latang. Carlson. Oh, Carlson. I forgot about him. You know, the guy who won the Norris. <laughs> uh, the well. tank is 36. That's the scarier part. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, he's still that's, signed that's for ex- five more years. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's exactly, that's what I'm saying though, is like, they have to, at some point, they have to start integrating these young kids. Um, and, and what better opportunity than this season playing with, you know, having your top pick play with a, a Geno Malkin. There's never going to be another Geno Malkin for the Penguins. And you mm-hmm. got to do something because you're you're relying on Tristan Jari so much right now. Yeah, you got to find a way to put the puck in the net because that puck will find the back of your net very easily. Oh yeah, I mean you're playing with five defensemen all the time. They also yeah. they, they they need to figure out how to like integrate like a a semi a semi pull on as well. Like he looked, he clock, also looked good. Yeah, he was Clock's he was there. Him, though. Yeah, he yeah. was there. He looked you know he looked good. I. He wasn't eye popping by any means, but you know he mm. he was solid. Um, a guy like Lucas, I, I don't want to fucking butcher his name, Svejovsky. 
He oh, I know who you're. I know who you're talking about. He also I, looked I, really. I'll give yeah. it to you. Yeah, he he looked really I'll good too. <laughs> and and I'd like to see. I love the that you brought up Poolin because I would have forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a guy that again, why not start integrating him? What what do you have to lose at this point? Yeah. I mean, I let's mean, face it, they aren't exactly cup favorites right now, anyway. Nope. Right. And yeah, we can we can keep giving Jeff Carter minutes, I guess. But what is that going to do for your uh, for your team's future? Nothing. Especially since if you watched the Penguins, if you watched if you watched Penguins games last year, that dude is shot. He is done. Yeah. So. It's, just, it's like you know I. It's kind of similar to the Bruins, too. It's like, at what point are you going to start throwing these kids in? That's what we were talking about before the show. Uh, Before Andrew popped on, we were going through some of that. So anybody else come to mind before we dive into the Bruins? Yeah, just quick. I mean, a couple names just right off the bat. Um, Obviously, the Canadians were there. A couple players that stood out to me, all defensemen. Um, Jaden Struble. Um, he was at Northeastern last year, mm-hmm. uh, also with, you know, playing the AHL, uh, Logan Mayu looked good. Big boy. Was um, Reidenbacher there? Reinbacher played, I believe yeah. I saw him play two games, but he, he did not play in the middle game. Um, he looked, man, he was fat. He's a big boy too. I didn't realize how big he was. Um, he's like six, three, he's like six, three, 200 at 18 yeah. years old. Yeah, you know, he he could benefit from putting some weight on. Obviously, all he's a rookie. I mean, young kid, he, he's he's going to get that with all the professional, you know, everything that the Canadians have to offer. Mm-hmm. He's another guy that I think is probably going to make the team out of camp. Um, he looked really good. I I mentioned Struble and Logan Mayu too, um, who's yeah. also going to be a rookie this year. He looked really good too. Um, the Canadians' defensive depth is is really really going to be exciting to watch in these uh, next couple years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still, it, yeah, there's still going to be a lot of pain, but there's a lot of there's a lot of promise set heading down the pike. Yeah, it, Mike Matheson's their number one defenseman right now, so they need to they need to start hoping that some of these guys start matriculating through. Yeah, they you know they got another they got a guy like Jordan Harris too in there, um, another another mm-hmm. Northeastern kid. Yeah, um, he he's solid. Um, a lot of people were were really mad that they, uh, you know, they passed on a guy like Matt Vay, Mitchkoff, and a Ryan Leonard. But I, I think they made the right move here. It wasn't necessarily the sexiest pick, but I think in the long run, it's really going to benefit them and their decor. Um, yeah, they're really they're really focusing on building that decor now that they have a couple really young budding stars up front. Yeah. It seems like they're focusing on that decor, and then. I mean, Andrew and I, we say it all the time. Goalies are voodoo. So you just take a few in one year. Yeah. Go for it, guys. Let's see who the guy is. And eventually you'll find one and you're like, holy shit, this guy can do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and then lastly, um, New Jersey we a, was, a, we have a 20 year old and a 45 yeah. year old and they're going to carry us to a cup. <laughs> yeah, dude. But also, you know, New Jersey was also there. I was really disappointed. Um, Luke Hughes was there. He didn't play in any of the games. Um, which I would, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're saving him for camp for camp. Um, Tommy Bennett, who he's a big devil's guy. He was telling me that there, he was just holding out for camp. Um, okay. but he was, he, I mean, that does make sense. He's going to push for a spot. Yeah, for sure. And, and another defenseman that they have that is definitely going to make a push for a spot is Simone Nemec. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to be a beast. Yeah. He's number two pick beast. 2022, number two pick. Um, yep. 
How did he, he look at, at at the challenge? He had some growing pains for sure. I mean, he he's not a sure defenseman. He likes to take a lot of chances. Um, but again, I think if you pair him with with a safe, you know, a safe stay at home defenseman and let him, you know, buzz around and do his thing and and play his game, I think he's really going to flourish. Um, you know, he he took a couple chances that obviously his I'm not given any slack to his D pair, but it was a liability at times for sure. What if you know? he was paired with a guy like a Siegenthaler? I would, I would like that. I can you, I do you have the, the list up? I do. Yeah. Right now on the right side, they would have uh Dougie Hamilton, John Marino, Colin Miller, um, Kevin. Ooh, that's Bob, a good decor. So that's just the right side. Then the left side, they have Siegenthaler, Brendan Smith, who can play both sides and Luke Hughes. Who can play both sides? I think you're going to see a guy like Brendan Smith get some reduced minutes. With uh, that's, that's what I mean. If if you include yeah. Nemich in that, you could you could go Hamilton with, uh, I mean, why not a guy Luke, like Nemich Hughes? Yeah, Luke Hughes or Nemich. And then you could go with uh, Marino and Nemich, and then you Absolutely. have Stegenthaler and Colin Miller. That's a solid decor. And then you have Smith as a seventh defenseman. You can mix and match too. Yeah. If you if you prefer um Colin Miller as more of a of a um puck mover, because he can move the puck. He, he, we saw it here in Boston. He can move the puck a bit. Uh and you'd rather have Nemich with Siegenthaler as like a second pairing, that's fine that's, too. I would if if I'm matriculating Simon Nemec into this lineup, I want him with Siegenthaler. And then you would do very sure Hughes with Hamilton. Hughes yeah. with Hamilton on the on mm-hmm. the top pair, ne- uh, Nemich and Siegenthaler, and then what? You have Colin Miller or John Marino play their offside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, I think based on matchups too, you can kind of mix and match depending on sure. you know what what kind of team you're playing. You you can and mix and match. And let's face it, you can you can work in Brendan Smith. He's 34 years old. You can work him in a little bit. And then you can also help reduce a guy like Dougie Hamilton's minutes with, because I mean he's thirty, he's no spring chicken anymore. Trust me, right. I know. <laughs> and and you can get a twenty-year-old Luke Hughes in there with a few extra minutes. It doesn't sound like much, but if you do a minute and a half here and, and forty-five seconds there when you're up by two, if you can throw Luke Hughes in those minutes and save Dougie Hamilton, it it. Ty Anderson references it with the Bruins all the time, the trickle-down effect, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. someone else doesn't have to do. And yeah. if you can take a few minutes off your 30-year-old and put him on your 20-year-old, he can handle it better. And Luke sure. Hughes, if he cracks the lineup, if and Demich, if he cracks the lineup, use their youth to your advantage. Chris, you're talking about it. These guys need to get minutes. That's how they're going to get minutes. Absolutely. Take them from somebody else. Like yeah. Definitely take them from a Brandon Smith. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it. It sounds like you're ready. We can dive into the Bruins now because that'll be the one that, you know, we we go on for. um, If you don't give a fuck about the Bruins, well, thanks for listening. Um, (laughs) And fuck off. (laughs) Now, to the Bruins, we were talking about it beforehand. And some people, I know, uh, Andrew, you guys on Short Shift, you guys had a, 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 I don't know, what was it, 75 different tiers of telling people how bad some of them were and some were good? <laughs> so, first of all, I made what three was it, tiers. The good, the bad, and the fuck off? It was the good, the bad, the oh no, and the fuck. Oh. 
And uh, one player and, made the fuck, right? Uh, Lorai. Chris. It was Lorai that made the fuck. <laughs> let's, let's, before we go any further, Chris, yeah, you were there, yeah. you saw it. Mason Lorai does not sound like he had a good prospect challenge. Are you worried? No, absolutely not. I'm not worried mm-hmm. at all. I'm not Even worried at all. Despite the showing that he that he played out, can no. you describe kind of in a couple words how, how what you saw from I, him and, and why you're not worried? I think he had a really solid first game. I think the the first game he was a very very safe. I don't think he made any bad, necessarily bad decisions that cost them anything. Um, he he was it was a night and day difference the the last two games. Let's just say that. And, you know, all these young kids, they're going to have bad games. They're going to, you know, they're going to shit the bed. They're going to fuck up at some point. I liked what I saw from Lowry the first game. He was very safe. He made smart decisions. He didn't try to be someone he wasn't. He okay. he was paired with a guy like uh, Ethan Ritchie, who mm-hmm. I also, I loved. His He had a great first game as well. Another um, Ritchie for the Bruins. Oh, I think this one might pan out, though. I think this one's going to be. I, I, this is an a, AHL deal that he's on right now, correct? Yeah, yep. Yeah, he's yeah. he's coming over from uh, Sarnia Sting. I like him, man. He's he's physical, big boy. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not worried. I mean, how can we be worried, man? I mean, it's it's growing pains. It's been a, a complete I off agree. season. I agree. I, I'm not. And I'm honestly, not I I can respect. Yeah, he. You know, he definitely did not look good. I mean, the last two games for sure. It was painful. Mm-hmm. I don't I'll think anyone's it, denying that. I'll put it this way. Looking over the lineup as much as I have, I did not have him cracking the NHL roster this season. I would have loved to have seen him do it. It was not an expectation I was I was setting, nor was it one that I was looking to set. I want him time. The guy just turned pro like, what, seven months ago? Mm-hmm. And all of those seven months have basically been the summer. So he's got like, what, maybe two hours of actual professional hockey under his belt. Let's give the kid some time. Let's give him a year in Providence. And if he, if he shows up next year and does the same thing, mm-hmm. then I'm starting to worry. Right. And and even this season, man, like let's look at our, our options, right. On the third D pair for on the left side, right. Uh, Zaboral, which we know exactly what we're getting from Zaboral. We know. Do we though? Do I we? I think so. <laughs> because we've seen him ele- in an elevated role pair- paired with Charlie McAvoy, and he played pretty well. Then he blew out gonna, his knee. Are you going to put him in an elevated role this season on first top pair? I wouldn't run season? from it. I'm I not. Run from it. I'm putting Grizz. Th- these are these are my these are my pairings. Sure, Andrew. Take, take, it, take your it, thoughts on it too. Take it for what it is. You guys can grill me. I'm all about you know friendly hockey talk. I got Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy. It's Same. a pair that it's a pair that's worked. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I've got Hampus Lindholm and I've got Brandon Carlo. Yeah. I think that's yep. also a no-brainer, right? With you there. Yeah. Now we're looking at the third. We're, we're looking at that third pair, the left side. I think Kevin Shattenkirk is going to be on that right side. I, I don't think yep. anyone's denying that. Yep. You've yep. got three. You've now got three defensemen that you're working with on that left side. Derek Forbert, Zaboral, and I think Lowry. Mm-hmm. So now, in my opinion, I have Lorai down in Providence also because he's waiver exempt. And in order to maximize your depth, you use your waiver exemptions as much as you can. So if there's an injury on the defense, Lorai can be your first call up. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I go with that. 
Um, just out of curiosity, just to get these names off the books, do you see Riley Walsh or Ian Mitchell or Alec Regula making any impact on this defense? To be, I'll be completely honest, I haven't seen enough of them. I, I don't know much about them. I, I've seen their elite prospects. I've seen their stats from, you know, the, their past teams. I don't know what we're getting from them. Same, and that's why I think they all end up in Providence because exactly. we're going to put in a waiver claim for them. And if they do, see you later. It's okay. I, I can kind of speak to Riley Walsh. Um, He's the best of the three, right? He's been, He's been one of the best defensemen in the AHL the last two seasons. Do you think he can get through waiver claims when everyone else is trying to push their similar guys through waivers? Probably. It just it depends what kind of camp he has. Fair. He's also a right side defenseman. Right. Mm-hmm. So would you? That's part of why I put him in that category because you're right side. No, you're right. You're what? right. I, I'm, I'm just I'm just making the comment that like Walsh is. Ian Mitchell play has played a full season worth of games in the NHL for Chicago. wasn't wasn't great. wasn't It wasn't great. I would say it wasn't terrible, but also ugh. it was with Chicago. Yeah. So you got to take Chicago. It so it's like you know, temper your expectations. Yeah, Regula, same thing. Big boy does big things. Is big. That's basically his Makes game. Big hit. Makes big hit. Therefore, Bruins fans are gonna absolutely just cover their rooms to him. <laughs> Um, but Walsh is interesting because he is, he is, I, I, I subscribe to an AHL analytics site cause I'm a freak. I'm an absolute creature. Um, and Walsh has been some of the highest analytic ranking, one of the highest analytic ranking defensemen in the entire AHL the last two seasons. Do those skills translate to the NHL? We don't know. Does, do they have a shot? I mean, he's 24 now, so Maybe it's almost at now or never time for him. That, but I, I, I do feel like he's the kind of guy that will get through kind of the way um, Oscar Steen did last year, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or the way Mark McLaughlin McGlo- uh, was waiver exempt, but that the way that kind of player gets through where everyone else is trying to push one of their guys through. So everyone kind of does that cross the fingers and look up to the sky. Please don't take my guy. I'm not going right. to put any waiver claims in the the unwritten rule. As long as right. it's done by this day, no one cares. Mm-hmm. Leave my guy alone. I'll leave your guy alone. Right. And that's why I think you end up with seven in the decor. And, and I think really it's just that one spot, third line, third pairing left side where I have Zboro penciled in. Cause I have no issues putting them in. And Chris, it sounds like you have four board. No, fuck. No. Who do you have? Laura? My man! My man. No, I, again, if, if I'm going to have to, if I'm going to narrow it down to two, it's Zaboral and Lowry. I, I saw enough of Forbert, dude. I, the end of last I, season, I I'm good. Like all I'm saying is, is he, the guy yes. is still here. He is. No, I, I, I definitely he's understand. He's still here because he's making $3 million. Yeah. I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Our teams are, yeah. are not going to take that on. You had an opportunity to buy him out though. I think they're maybe hoping that barring any injury, like he, he is a good defenseman to slot in there. If you have any injuries, like that's, that's why I have Zboril on the, on the pairing, because now your top seven are McAvoy, Grizzly, Campus, uh, Lindholm, Carlo, Shattenkirk, Zboril, Forbor. And then 
you look at your eight, nine guys, you have um, Walsh, you have Lori. Lori's waiver exempt. I don't believe Walsh will be. So if mm-hmm. it's a short-term thing, you can bring up Lori. And even if you nine, nine floor the guy, he's with the guys. You know, if it's a two-game thing, you play him one game and not the other. If it's a long-term thing, let's say, oh, God, let, let, let's say Sborrell tears an ACL. Oh, shit, he's already done that. But now you have six guys on the NHL roster. That's when you look at calling up a guy like Walsh and say, you are now our seventh guy. We're going to rotate you in. We saw last year that Montgomery has no qualms about playing seven different defensemen regularly. As long as he's get, as long as uh, McAvoy, Carlo, and Lindholm are getting their minutes, he'll rotate people in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I, you know, and, and I definitely agree with you as far as like Lorai needs minutes. Whether that's top pairing in Providence, I personally liked the idea of him getting to learn and and play with a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk, who was obviously a journeyman in the league. He's I don't had success, that, but the Bruins are a team that doesn't. They, they love their still, defensive depth. Well, that and they still can legitimately compete in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, and, this is this is the thing. As an being completely unbiased. Obviously, we're all Bruins fans here. I think we're catering the expectations of this season from last season. I think I think if they make they're worse, but that doesn't mean bad. They're not bad, but I think them making the playoffs. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. If you're going to quote me, attribute that. Thanks. I just did. (laughs) This is a lot. Listen. Oh, get cut off. I'm sorry. (laughs) If you you look how loaded these two divisions are, the Metro and the Atlantic. The Bruins with this roster making the playoffs is a win. It is. That's a fact, dude. Then are you are you saying this Bruins team is a wild card team? I wouldn't be shocked by it. Look at the look at the rest Let of the teams. That, what is their ceiling? I would say at best, at best, make it out of the first round. That's like a huge success and a huge I meant in the division. What's their ceiling in the division? Oh, as far like where they're going to finish? Yeah. See, I have I have troubles towards the middle. They're not at the top, I can promise you that. See, if this if if this team stays healthy, they play well, they get what they need from guys like Pasternak and Zaka, DeBrusque, Marshan. Marshan's coming back from a full year away from the hit double hip surgery. With their goaltending, with this defensive depth, this team has the ability to win the division again. They have the ability. You think they're going to be? You think they're going to outplay t- uh, Toronto? They have the ability to, yes, because this team has goaltending and defense that Toronto just wishes they had. They gush over. And Florida, Florida starting without Ekblad and without Montour, they're going to be without them for over a month each. They're going to be I think so this far behind is... the eight ball when they finally are healthy. They're going to be trying to chase the playoffs like they did last year. This team is more in the conversation of a Buffalo Sabres type team. That's where I put them. Well, we just said Buffalo has the ability to win the division. I didn't say uh, what I'm saying is I think Toronto finishes first in this division. I agree with I that. Agree I with think that. they do. Yeah, they're going to they're going to win the division. The I'm gonna... Boston though is they could win the division. If if Boston won the division, it wouldn't surprise me. I think it I would think take Toronto takes it though. Yeah, I think it would take a lot of like very nothing going wrong for this Bruins team. 
that's what it's going to take for them to win the division. Well, I think also one of the big lessons they learned last year is it doesn't matter if you win 65 games. If you lose in the first round, you're fucked. Yeah, so yeah. they would rather go in as a two, three, or four seed and be healthy. They're Dude. not going to push for records this year. They're no. going to push for health this year and depth. But why did they push for records last year? Who gives a fuck? They were going all. They, first of all, do you really think they looked at Florida and went, "Yeah, they'll beat us"? We're you facing have, Alex Lyon you in the first to. round. It's the NHL. You have to. You can't. You can't look down on any teams making the playoffs. It's a different game. Playoff time. They were looking at playing Alex Lyon in the first round, and they beat Alex Lyon. What they didn't beat was otherworldly Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, they didn't. No, they they, they well, I'll, I'm going to push back on that. They pumped Bobrovsky. The problem was Allmark after first four well, games of having a 926 save percentage. Yeah. But, but my question to you two is why are you riding one goalie when what got you the record season was playing two goaltenders? Mm-hmm. That I can't tell you. That was just right. a bad. Yeah. You made a bad. Which, I, I mean, that, 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 that's a question that. I agree with. And well, no, no, no. no every, for the rest of his life. I was going to say, you made a bad decision. One bad decision costs you the series because if you go to Swayman sooner, you probably win that series. But I'll say this, not just cost you the series, probably cost you your best opportunity that you were ever going to have as a coach to win a Stanley Cup. Mm -hmm. With that roster, you are never going to have a roster like that. As the Bruins, you are never going to have a roster that deep again. No, but... But that was, that's because the high-end talent was so high. Brad Marchand, uh, Patrice Bergeron, Tyler Bertuzzi. Like, the the ceiling of all the players they had last year was significantly higher than the ceiling that they have this year. This year, as a team, you're not talking 65 wins wins the division. You're talking a grinded-out, through-the-division win where the top four teams all finish within within 10 points of top to four. There's 10, 10 points between one and four. That's the kind of division win that they could run out with this year. Because Tampa Bay's they're not the same team. They have very, 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 very limited depth. Any injury, and they are fucked. Florida starts with injuries. They start behind the eight ball. They are fucked. They're going to be chasing the playoffs from the beginning. And one of the things that really hurts a team like Florida Buffalo got a lot better. Ottawa got a lot better. Montreal will be better. I don't know if they got a lot better, but they will play better because they will be healthier. So a team you like can't Florida, possibly get any less healthy. No, you really can't. But a team like Florida is going to struggle without their top two defensemen. And let's face it, Bobrovsky is Swiss cheese in the regular season. Dude, I, listen. I'm saying this This is the best division in hockey. I, I don't – well, the Metro is close, but in my opinion, I think this is the best division in hockey. Um, I think I, I, I think that phrase is way overused. I think all four are much closer than you think. I mean, I'm dude, I'm looking at this division right here in the, in the West. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I was just there. Because even the Central, like you might have one this, team far and above the rest, but the other, other seven – are much closer than it looks. Yeah, but they're all bottom of the league, dude. They're all top of the draft this year. They blow. 
Let's call it for what it is. They do. So Chicago was one there in the central. Who was two? Anaheim. They're in the Pacific. Who was I'm three? At these teams, dude. Arizona. Who who was three? In the draft. Who was third in the draft? Columbus. They're in the Metro. Yeah, that's the last team in the Metro. And actually, Columbus is going to be a good team this year. I agree. But my, my point being is, is one, two, three. Three different divisions. Yeah, but look at the collective group. that When we talk about divisions, four. we're not talking wasn't, about wasn't, individual teams. Wasn't four Montreal? Or was no. it Philly? It was, no. No, Philly, Philly at seven. No, seven. Philly was at seven. Who was fourth? Sharks. The Sharks. Okay, so we're back over to the Pacific. Five. Montreal. Atlantic. Six. Dude, I couldn't find My point it. being, each division has some bottom dwellers, some middle fodder, and some really good contenders. Yeah, dude. I mean, to each their own, I guess. You look at this collective group in the Atlantic division. Uh, it's my it's you know it's my thought dude i this is the best division in hockey and it's uh, it's not close for me it it's probably the most fun i agree and it's going to be one of the closest divisions i agree but the, it, pacific, it, the pacific may be maybe one of the closest divisions in in the league for, for an entirely different league. reason for an entirely different reason yeah and, and again we're talking we're talking the e, we're talking the bruins making the playoff spot right so we're talking the east the Metro is, if we're going to say that all these divisions are closer closer than I think, the Metro is the second best division. So go down that list. Carolina, Columbus, New Jersey, New York, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Who's the joke of the division right now? The Washington Capitals? Yeah, probably. That's, yeah. And guess <laughs> which, which, that's fucking crazy train. to think about. Right. And then behind them, the New York Islanders with Ilya Sorokin in that? Dude, this I'm telling you, it's gonna be. It's not gonna. Oh be, no, sorry. It, no one's saying we forgot the we forgot the the number eight seed, Philadelphia. They're probably they're worse. No, they're the joke of the division. Yeah, they're worse than Washington for sure. Andrew, question: Do Yo. you think they went out and got Cal Pedersen because they think Carter Hart's gonna be affected by the scandal? It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for sure. By the way, NHL doesn't know what the word "soon" means. Could mean anything. <laughs> We're going to have the, the, the findings of this investigation soon, Bill Daly says, two and a half months ago. The wheels of the law work very, very slow in Canada. What's the exchange rate between the American minute and the Canadian minute? 0.67 seconds. <laughs> you got you to gotta get the exchange rate in there. You know, it's been two and a half months. So for them, it's been like a month. Oh, yeah, you know, there you go. But I, 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 but I think so. That would definitely, that would definitely make sense. I mean, but by the way, I think the Bruins finished third in the Atlantic. <laughs> oh yeah. Through that whole thing. We didn't get your thoughts. So, <laughs> I just let you guys go. It's fine. I just, it was, who do you have on the third line left side defensive pairing then? <laughs> oh, it's, we're a little it's fucking Zaboro. late for that. <laughs> it's, 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 it's Zaboro and Chat. It's Zaboro Shattenkirk as the third pair. Like the, Chris nailed the defensive pairs. See, the only reason why I even have Forboard on here is because he's still here. If they he's wanted to get rid of him, they could have. Yeah. There were so many mechanisms in place where they could have dumped Derek Forboard. They like Derek Forboard. I'm sorry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. They like Derek Forboard. He's still here. That's terminal hockey brain, the fact that they still like Derek Forboard. Yeah, 
And then I, I just a, a guy like Laura, I would love to see him be the seventh defenseman. That would be the ideal role. Cause then, especially with a guy like Monty, who's willing to cycle him in, he would yeah. be able to get minutes with Shattenkirk and Carlo and McAvoy and all across the board as a seventh defenseman. And then he'll be able to watch tape and watch it from the ninth floor and all that stuff, mm-hmm. but he's waiver exempt. So for this year, sorry, kid, you're in Providence. If there's an injury, we look to call you up. If it's long-term, I'm not, it, again, if he goes to Providence and blows it up, well, guess what? You can dump a guy like Zboril at the trade deadline. You have that flexibility. I don't even take. I don't even think it'll take that long for them to to call. I up. think. I think they want Lori to have a full season in Providence, and I don't fault them for that. I mean, I would say I, knowing Don Sweeney the way that I think that I know him, just considering all of the moves that he's made and the type of what he likes to do with what he likes to do with how he fashions his teams. I think Laura I will see games up here this year. Yeah, I, I agree too. I like think you so. you look at like they threw McAvoy in there. I know we're I know we're talking two completely different levels of, you know, the, yeah. there's a huge difference between Laura and McAvoy though. Mason Laura used to be a forward. He's still learning the defensive game. Charlie McAvoy was always a defenseman. He knew the defensive game. I don't know yeah. if that's necessarily a fact. Dude, the way that Lowry plays defense, I don't I don't think him being a prior forward has anything to do. I mean, I can I can I just think him it helps getting, his instincts of when to jump into a play and exactly. When and that and that goes back to my point of putting him with a stay-at-home defenseman like a Shattenkirk, like a Carlo. I think that's mm-hmm. what's gonna help him. I think that's actually what's gonna make him a successful player in the NHL. Look, mm-hmm. if they weren't if they didn't have the ability to be as competitive for a cup as they could be, because as we said, once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. If they were looking at not being in the playoffs or being in playoff contention, you could very much see Lindholm, McAvoy, Carlo, Lori, Shattenkirk, Grizzly, because that's how the kid's going to learn. Yeah, But that's not where this team is. This team can afford to let them sit in Providence and, and drive for that promotion. When he gets it is up to him. Let me ask you this. Say, God forbid, this team completely fucking shits the bed. Totally different story than where we're at right now. Right. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying hypothetically, if this team yeah. completely shits the bed, are you promoting Mason Lowry and giving him everyday NHL minutes? Yes, because I'm trading Sh- Kevin Shattenkirk. I'm trading Aboral. I'm trading, you know. I'm trading Grizzly. I'm trading Grizzly. I'm trading everybody that I can. If I become a bottom-dwelling team, if I'm Boston – I'm trading everybody with a year or you know less on their contract. Hell, honestly, I'm listening on Jake DeBrusque. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, like I said, it was a question I had for you guys. I was no, it's 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 everybody. It's a good question. I think it's yeah, it's everybody that's not nailed down. I think that's exactly yeah. Yeah, you have to at least consider it, right? And once I don't know, and and even come playoff time, say he's lighting up Providence come playoff time, I I wouldn't be opposed to giving him minutes. No, I absolutely I agree with you. He can play his way into it. Yeah, a lot. I think a lot easier than throwing him into it. Yeah, if that makes sense. I look at this team and I look at what because, like you said, Andrew, knowing Sweeney the way we think we like to know him, he likes to go with the safe 
the, I don't want to say tried and true, but what's known to work and what provides the most depth and the most mm-hmm. options if something goes wrong. Right. And he loves his, he, he loves his depth. He absolutely, that's the one thing that's always been a constant of how, uh, however long he's been here. Now, my he question always, to you, Andrew, I pose this to Chris before mm-hmm. we started recording. Damn it. I wish I had gotten his answer. So Chris, if you want to give it after Andrew, I'll get your answer. Mm-hmm. Everybody <laughs> is looking at last year and they're looking towards this year and saying, okay, Jake DeBrusque top line right wing. Why are we so opposed about putting him on the left? How would you feel if your top line was DeBrusque, Zaka, Pasternak? I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't mind putting Marshawn on the second line. And what you would have to do for that is you probably have Freddie as your two, second line right winner. <laughs> that was exactly where I went with it. Mm-hmm. You ask Chris, he's shaking his head because that's exactly where I went with it. I went, you go Freddie, Coyle, and Marshawn. That's two, that's, you know, two pure muckers and a guy who can muck, but can also skill it up and create his own. Yeah. Chris, I, what, your thoughts on that top six? Oh, I, I don't hate it. I, I think w- with what we saw from Monty last year, he's not going to be afraid to, to fuck with the combinations. He, he's going to find what works. Last year, we f- figured out that Charlie Coyle and Trent Frederick have very good chemistry. And and honestly, because Trent Frederick is kind of turning into Charlie Coyle. If you like watch him play. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, he can play the right side. Who would have thought? Yeah. My my thought though, I what I see what I see the season starting out as, I, I think it's gonna be you're gonna see Morgan Geeky and you're gonna see Freddie on that third line. Mm-hmm. I think you're gonna see Freddie on the wing with Morgan Geeky at center. Take your pick who whether it's a Lauco, whether it's whoever on that wing. What we could see versus what I'd like to see. I know are not going to be the same. Yeah. No, and, and to your point, because, to your point, I don't hate the I don't hate that idea of putting Jake DeBrusque on the left. Well, here's the thing too. I look at that and I go, your third line at that point is Lauko, Geeky, Van Riemsdyk. And I don't hate that either. So your top nine is solid. Now the question becomes, what do you do with your bottom your bottom line? And and that's where I look at it and I go, if they were to do that in the top nine, I think you look at a, a more of a veteran laden bottom four, which would include mm-hmm. Boquist, Brown, Steen, and Lucic. I got a I got a question for you guys. Why mm-hmm. why is everyone so high on Patrick Brown? What what Fair is enough. it? Is it just that? I mean, so pretty much a Thomas Nosek role. From pretty last much. Year. He he's he he he's an older, maybe probably less offensively talented, which. That's dan that's damning if it ever was one. Right. A less offensively talented Thomas Noshek. I don't have him in any of my like I've you've probably seen on Twitter. I've yeah. had a million different people asking me a million different times, what are your line combinations? And I come up with a different one every time. The only constant is Patrick Brown's never in there. <laughs> I see all I, the ones that I've made, he hasn't been in one single one of mine. He hasn't even been on my radar. Why, the yeah. reason why I have him in there is because of the faceoffs, mm-hmm. is because they didn't they had all the ability in the world last year to get rid of thomas noshik and they didn't they had every mm-hmm. reason to bench him they had every reason not to play him and they finally had one when he got hurt and so, our face-off percentage dropped drastically mm-hmm. and so, so when um, you have a guy who can win a draw he's on your team yeah i we i just had a long rant with uh with sully and 
dude, we were talking about it. Why not? What? Why are we continuing to with these PTOs, right? I, Chris, we were talking about we were talking about this prior to you know us starting to record. What we need to start integrating these young kids into the lineup. So here, have to, here's where have I do. Here's where this lineup kind of falls into your question on that. First of all, I have AJ Greer getting waived because no one fucking wants him anymore anyway. He's mm-hmm. be- he can come up, but he's not waiver exempt. So you're talking about the youth, Chris, right? You got Beecher, Kuntar, Poitra will have to go to the Q, um, to the uh, Canadian Hockey Guelph. League. Yeah, Guelph. Guelph, <laughs> Guelph, whatever. But Farinacci, McLaughlin, Lysel, Toporowski, Markulov, Harrison. Those are the guys that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Every single one of those names that I just mentioned. And fuck it, I'll throw Lorai in there. And even Ryan Mask, because he looked pretty good at the times that we've seen him. They're all waiver exempt, which means if you get a day where you need another player, you can pull one of them up. But you're, and, you're and that's playing, all, and that's all well in three games right now. Compete, stay cap compliant, build as much cap space as you can on a day in and day out basis, and develop youth. You're not developing youth, mm-hmm. not giving them minutes in the NHL. Here's You're the problem. Not. What minutes are they getting sitting on the ninth floor? They're not getting minutes. That's my that's, that's my, my point. point. They have that's to be why on you the ice. See them down in Providence, and when an opportunity presents itself, if if you get to a point where Oscar Steen ain't cutting it anymore, and you wave him and try to squeak him down to Providence, if he gets claimed, see you later. There's an opening. Who's your best guy down in Providence right now? Let's see if we can get Luke Toporowski to come up and, and see if what he's doing in Providence can translate. Let's see if uh, Mark McLaughlin can translate his game to the National Hockey League on a longer-term basis. If Steen goes down, you still elevate one of the young guys. If someone gets hurt, if James Van Riemsdyk gets hurt, the first guy I want him calling up, I don't want to call him up A.J. Greer. I want the waiver process to keep him down there. I would love to see a guy like even Ke- uh, Kuntar get an opportunity to go up because that's where you're going to see. Cause then you could have, what's that? Merkulov. Yep. Again, it, it all depends on the position and the player that gets hurt. If you go in with this veteran group and all of your young kids down in Providence, you have what does Sweeney like the most options. Yes. Yeah. You have depth and options and you're not, Porked if something happens. Van Riemsdyk goes down. Geeky can slide over. Merkulov can come up and play 3C. Kuntar can come up and play 3C. McLaughlin can play 3C. You can bump someone else up into the 3C role and bring up Beecher to play 4C. Like you have all that shit that you can look at. But when did you, when, I'm not saying you, you know, when did we figure out, when did you figure out, or when did we figure out that Jake uh, Lauko could play at the next level? When he got NHL minutes. Yes, but when he you got the how, chance. But he wasn't given, you know, 20 minutes. He was an, he was an injury call up. <laughs> he was an injury call up. And he look was at, given seven, eight minutes. And he said, here's why you're going to play me more. And dude, then he started I, getting not eight, nine, 10, 12 minutes a night. Exactly. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just give the kids an opportunity to begin with? Because you want them to earn it the same way Lauko did. He didn't earn it. You just, you just said he was an injury call up. He didn't fucking it. He was earn an it. injury call up. Who took he, he earned it by sticking. He earned it by sticking when he took the opportunity. Exactly. What we're what we're used to is we're used to sitting here going, well, give a guy like Stadnika a chance. Well, he didn't fucking stick. All right. You threw that piece of spaghetti at the wall so many fucking times, it went bad. What a metaphor, Jesus. 
<laughs> if you if you throw like there's a reason why Oscar Steen and Mark McLaughlin didn't make this team last year and it's not because they sucked and it's not because they were pushed out by older guys they weren't at the level of consistency that they needed to be now McLaughlin if he can consistently win faceoffs and I'm not saying he has to have an 80% win rate. If he can win 60, 65% of his faceoffs, he can easily kick Patrick Brown out of that spot. Easily. I'm not married to Patrick Brown being in that spot. But I want McLaughlin to put the fucking work in. Get to a better point where you can win faceoffs. Same well, thing. Patrick with Brown doesn't have to put the work in. What's that? What is it? What has he shown that that he deserves to be in this lineup? Patrick Brown, a seventy plus percent faceoff percentage. He's already done it. Know. He's a veteran. I just feel He's like over years. You know, just the, not with Bruins. The guys over at Empty Netters put it put it best, man. That you know, the Bruins fans they're talking themselves into the young prospects not getting a look. Which again, that's exactly what we're talking about here. I want to see them in preseason. I want to see them, and I want to see them take oh, the spot. That's I'm what gonna... I'm saying, though. They need to get a chance in the NHL, getting NHL minutes. That's the point I'm trying to make. But the preseason isn't NHL minutes. It's the preseason. It's the NHL. Oh. NHL preseason. Right? It's not regular season, though. Right. They need to get minutes, dude. We're going we're gonna to keep bringing in all these fucking journeymen that, for what? I get what you're saying. We can, we, we can go on about if this you, forever. If, if you get what I'm saying, then you understand the entire point. I don't agree with it. I think you're dead wrong. But yeah, we can keep going on with it. Having, having, what, what's wrong with having a veteran guy? So, all right, here's a good comparable: Fabian Liesel and James Van Riemsdyk. Mm-hmm. Okay, does Van Riemsdyk have a higher ceiling than Liesel? No, no, absolutely not. He's not even a better player at this point. Who's better with a 200 foot game on a day in and day out consistent basis? Right now, it's still Van Riemsdyk. During the preseason... Well, we're not talking about James Rand. We were just talking about Patrick Brown. During the preseason... Were we not? Lee Sell can prove that he has a 200-foot game consistently. If they play him in three games and he doesn't play badly defensively, he can outwork someone on the right side on this roster. Talking about Patrick Brown. Same thing with him and Johnny Beecher. Perfect example. Johnny Beecher, from my understanding, fast as fuck, right? Yeah. He's- he, he's got a solid, he's solid speed, solid skating. What doesn't he do well? What receive passes? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Offense. What's also what's, he was he was sixty percent of the AHL last year for faceoffs. Okay. What was Patrick Brown in the NHL? Almost about about uh, uh, his exact number, I believe, was fifty six percent. Okay. Yeah. If those percentages hold true in the NHL preseason, Patrick Brown, bye bye. Johnny Beach is my four seat. You get my, you see what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I just think they'd be making a mistake. But um, right to, now, to, to favor the old the the vets. I, so I, by, it's just my opinion. Bringing in a guy like Patrick Brown now, right? You send the message to John Beecher. You still need to work. So what does he do? He comes in early. He gets to the rink early. He works one-on-one with someone and, and works on his face-offs. He, he goes to the coach and he says, what do I need to do better to make this lineup? He proactively makes those decisions. And I'm not saying he wouldn't do it anyway. But by bringing in a guy like Patrick Brown, as an organization, you are sending him the message, you have work to do. If you do the work, he can go. But you need to do this work. That's why you bring guys in on PTOs. I will say that I do that uh, while... I agree with Chris mostly. I will 
concede a point to, a, a point to the other to Mr. Davis. I keep calling Chris. I agree with Chris, but I disagree with Chris. <laughs> Great. Now you're uh, both wrong. Yeah, fantastic. No. Um, oh, you're wrong twice. But I think where Chris is coming from, Davis is coming from, is this assumes, Noshik, your view. I'm just going to call you by your last name now. Noshik, <laughs> your viewpoint, while sound and makes sense assumes a vacuum what do you mean the nhl isn't always built on a meritocracy correct it's not always that's why milan lucic is going to start the year in the lineup that's why Derek fulbert is going to start the year in the lineup yeah and why it's going to be an uphill climb for these young players absolutely i I, and and i that's why i i understand what davis is saying the problem is is organizations have to do it correctly And right now, by signing them to the PTO, that's not the wrong move. The wrong move becomes when Connor Brown doesn't score a goal in preseason and John Beecher manages three of them and a a percentage in the faceoff thought 20% higher, and he ends up in Providence. That's when the mistake comes in. The mistake is not signing Patrick Brown. The mistake is allowing him to make the lineup over someone who's better than him. I think I think what you just that's exactly what I'm saying. And I think that that's kind of been what the disconnect is. I think it's going to be more so disappointing when a guy like Patrick Brown stays in the lineup and they're just sending these younger guys down and not giving the opportunity. I think if if it were I would trade Steen right now. Before he decreases his value anymore. Patrick Brown, gone. Boquist, gone. Honestly, I didn't even want Lucic here in the first fucking place. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I mean, mean, Boquist is still young. but Yeah, I think there's a chance with him. I mean, I think they like the idea of him, the New Jersey side of things. Like, didn't necessarily get a chance. Okay, fine. Uh, He's the one that I wouldn't launch out of town. Yeah. The other ones, I'll fucking drive him to Logan myself and deal with the goddamn traffic. All right? (laughs) (laughs) Lucic, I get it. And now, especially looking back and knowing that they weren't going to have Bergeron, they weren't going to have Krejci, it makes a lot more sense. For sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. But Brown, Steen, those are the guys where I sit there. And and I'm with you. I want to see a guy. Honestly, if James Van Riemsdyk can get outplayed by Georgi Merkulov, so be it. Fuck it. Launch him out of town, too. Yeah. I don't care. I think that – I think – I'm glad that Andrew kind of helped out in clearing. That's exactly what I'm saying. What I, what I would be most disappointed in seeing is having these veterans in the lineup and just having them there just because they're veterans. And say say they don't they don't play up to par what they should be doing. That's when you give these young kids an opportunity. That that's my point. So AJ Greer had an amazing preseason last right. year. And look at him. What, he, well, oh, well, hold on. He had a good regular season last year. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't all that bad. He made some stupid penalties that made it look worse than it really was. God, man, if he had just a scintilla of hockey IQ, he could score 20 goals in this league. I swear to God. But but the point I'm making is AJ Greer had a great pre- he had a great preseason. If he had been sent down sight unseen last year then i i i i think there would be more there might be more validity i think there's i think there's proof that there is proof that there are there are players who if you do if you do the work they can get kicked up that's where i agree with no but i agree with one of them yeah lauko is another one 
but I agree. I, I, I agree with and with Davis and Steen the, the year before, by the way. Right. And but I agree with Davis in the sense of like, you know, that's great. It's just it's just, you know, there's going to be there's going to be these scenarios where it's not always that meritocracy. It's like, you know, some for some for me, not for these sort of thing. So um, what I'd love to see is Patrick Brown be the odd man out because I think a guy like Lucic can help Lauko, Geeky, Frederick, Greer, Boquist, and Steen. God, every time you say, every time you say, man, I would like to see Patrick Brown, the odd man out. I'm like, he's been the odd man out in every single lineup I've seen. I've seen every single lineup I've seen Bruins fans make. He's out. (laughs) Here's the thing with Patrick Brown though. They gave him a contract. He's not on a PTO. Yeah. Dan Heinen's on a PTO. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Dayton Heinen is James Van Riemsdyk insurance. That's I, I, hot take. I would be shocked if Dayton Heinen doesn't make the team. I agree. I think mm-hmm. he makes the team. Now the question becomes, where do you put him? Probably you that third left, line. Left, wing. You play left and the right. <laughs> that, uh, so that goes back to my, my other point with Freddie geeky and Heinen. Mm-hmm. And then Freddie Gigi Heinen third line is a efficient shutdown on the wings. And hopefully Gigi takes a step on step defensively. Yeah. I would love that third line personally, but so I like that third line, even with Lauko. On I was going to say, here's, here's the thing. This is where you have to decide what are you doing with Jake DeBrusque? Cause now your right side is Pasternak, DeBrusque, Heinen, and then now you got Greer, Steen, Boquist, and Lauko all available to play the right side on the fourth line or the left side on the fourth line. Steen, mm-hmm. not so much the left side, but Greer can play the left. And then, again, to Andrew's point, Milan Lucic is on his team. They're not cutting him. No. Oh, fuck my life. <laughs> and he's going to get real minutes. He, he's going to be on this rock. me, Davis. I know. He's gonna I, be on this listen, I know, man, but that's that's just that's just how it is. That's, that's I know that's back. life. <laughs> he will get some minutes, yes. I don't think he's gonna get as much as people think because mm-hmm. he's very much okay with taking that backseat ninth floor role and kind of being that for lack of better comparison, Mark Recchi type veteran mm-hmm. who doesn't play very much. And is there more so for locker room kind of on ice coaching, you know, that conduit between players and coaching, if you will. Um, if, if he's good with that role, he's your 13th forward. And even then he's more like your 13th C forward. If someone mm-hmm. goes down, you may not even be penciling him in the lineup. You're calling someone up on an emergency recall. Yeah. Depending on where in the lineup they are. Yeah, Exactly. Because if Van Riemsdyk goes down, you can call up a guy like Merkulov. You can call up, you know, someone like that. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be pretty much a – he's going to sit at that fourth line left wing. And I think they'll slot in players as he needs it, as he needs rest, as he needs days off. They'll slot in other players. But I think especially for the centennial season and the way that this organization works, he's going to be on the ice for – a good He'll amount. get a lot of minutes at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
That I'm dead serious. That's no, I, I agree with you. That and that's exactly what it is. That and, fans are going to want to see him, and you can't tell me a scenario where they're not going to put him in the lineup at a for especially a fucking home game. Well, mm-hmm. home home games depend. It, it's also going to be opponent based too, because if you're playing a team like Carolina, you're going to want a little bit more size and physicality in your lineup. If you're playing a team like Tampa, Florida. You know, but if you're playing a team like Buffalo, Milan, you're riding pine, buddy. <laughs> yeah, like the like the, the they the, walk faster than you than you run. Yes, and when you have but but when you have a when you have a game like um, say Toronto on a Saturday night in a Saturday night hockey night in Canada. Like for all of the things I'm saying, of Lucci should be a 13 Ford. That's the kind of game that you keep Lucci as a 13 Ford for, because when yep. the Maple Leafs dress Ryan Reeves, you dress your Milan Lucci. Did you guys yep. see? Uh, did you guys see what Revo said today? He was talking about a uh, a reporter had asked him about what he thought about the uh, about Radko Gudis screaming in uh, Joseph Wall's face. Oh was yeah, it, or no, 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 or not. Or, it was. What would, he goes, yeah, that's that won't happen here. <laughs> so I because, he, well, I, he, the, 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 I I loved the exact quote. It was, "I'd like to see him try it here. It'd be fun." That's exactly <laughs> what it was. I couldn't remember the quote for the life yep. of me. Yeah, dude, I that that shit would not fly with that guy. No fucking way. No. I I think I think Ryan Reeves as a player is about as bleh, as you can get. Yeah, as a personality. He's fun as shit. Well, that's yeah. the thing. That's that's part of why he got the contract that he got because what three he, years, one point four million. He's set for life. <laughs> what he what he brings on the ice is limited, but what he brings off the ice, he is. I mean, so many people describe him as the same kind of like the sense of humor of a David Krejci kind, where you don't always expect it, but all of a sudden it's holy shit. This guy's actually pretty fucking funny and yeah. loose, and you know what I mean, yeah. like. He does that, but he's a conduit kind of player between coaches and and like it's not that he doesn't know hockey. He's just not very good at it compared to other players. Yeah, I think he brings like he definitely sim- very similar to Lucic. Definitely, I mean, I don't think anyone's calling them a skilled player by any means, but he, they both bring the, an intimidation factor for sure. I mean, teams know like uh, you got to wonder if teams are ne- not necessarily trying shit, knowing that Lucic is on the bench. Knowing Orion Reeves is on the bench, you just got you got to wonder. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to fuck with that guy. I'm not I'm not huge into the idea. I I I think deterrence is sort is is dying off pretty quickly in this NHL. But I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's I don't know, dude. Like, I, I you got to wonder. Like, Revo is a complete fucking lunatic. Like. I don't know. Oh, he's insane. He's yeah, insane. so fun to watch. Like he's insane and he's scary. And but I think when he's on, I think when he's on the ice, it's twelve on eleven and a half. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's probably true, dude. Um, yeah did did you get to catch any of the uh the you know the prospect challenge games? Did you watch any of them? I did. Uh, I watched them on. I watched them on tape delay. Um, but I. I didn't get. I I caught very few of the third game. I was in transit. What was funny was I was in transit um, during Friday's game against pe- the Penguins, yeah. and I saw literally two seconds live. You want to know which two seconds it was? Which 
the Brett Harrison one timer. <laughs> oh my god, dude. He looked he looked very good. And he then, did. Uh, yep, I went back and the skating's still not there, but the board battles are back. Hey, you know, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. You know what, you yep. know what what he brought to his game was a little bit of bite and a little bit of physicality, mm-hmm. which which a lot of people have been harping on that he doesn't have. And he he heard he heard everyone. I mean he yeah. there were a ton of net front battles that he, you know, held his own. Um, yep. He created his own opportunities in front of the net, and I, it was good to see. You know, it was good to see that he was back battling and not not shying away from contact. So it was good right. to see. So, but I, and I I think what what made this more striking for me was the fact that when Chris and I um, went to the prospect challenge, we only saw you for like a brief moment. But uh, sorry about that, by the way. No, it's all good, man. <laughs> so, but when Chris and I saw the, uh, we're watching the prospect challenge. We took, we kept a very keen eye on um, Harrison because we had spoken to, well, Chris had spoken to uh, Dom Tiano beforehand and said, keep an eye for the fact that Harrison is shying away from contact. And we're like, okay, well, that's, that's a little weird for a kid that his size, but we'll keep an eye out for it. And we did. And the guy, even during drills, he didn't want to get hit. And we were like, oh, no, oh, no, this is not a good development. And then watching some of what he did during the prospect challenge, it's like, OK, that's all gone. That's like yeah. somebody got in his, somebody got in his ear and was noticing that he was kind of shying away from touching people. And yeah. someone was like, you cannot do that. It was no, it was noticeable, too, dude. Yeah, Brett Harris. <laughs> he knew exactly. Yep. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was definitely noticeable. Like he was not by any means shying away from contact. He was winning net front battles. He was, you know, mucking it up in the corners. Yeah. He, he looked like a different player. Do he's you, a wing, he's a wing at the, at the next level. 100%. I was just going to, I was just going to say, do you think it had to do with comfort being on the wing versus down the middle? Yeah. I, I think that definitely probably played a, played a role. It probably, and, and to Andrew's point too, it probably was someone, I don't know who maybe barking McQuaid. at him a little bit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hey, like, and, and again, it was it was crazy to see. Yeah, and one of the things, and even I think it was actually you guys as well as uh, Dom Tiano about the shying away from the contact. So it was definitely something I was watching for. And man, right from the jump, he was on, he was at the wing, he was mucking it up in the corners, he was winning net front battles. Again, he just I didn't see any of that. It was like night and day, and I, that's why I had asked if you were if you had got to watch any of the games. It yeah. was night and day for me. It was it was sure. a completely different player. Mm-hmm. That 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 was really encouraging for me. I still think he really he needs to work a lot of on his a lot on his skating. He's a little cl- he's still a little clunky, especially when he starts when he starts accelerating. He's still a little clunky when he moves. But um, man, the power, the pure, just unadulterated force he gets that on the shot, puck dude. when he shoots it. Holy shit! Yeah, he yep. he has a fucking P, dude. Yeah, I, I was watching him even in warmups too, and it, you know, my dad and I were talking. And we we're like, "Holy shit!" Like he, yeah, he is a P dude. Yeah. See, this, this year, like Chris, to your point about the veterans and the young players that we were kind of going back and forth on. <laughs> this year is also kind of the year where you need to have the insurance for the young kids the most, because all of the guys that we're talking about, like. You know, we're we're super pumped. Let's go down the list. Johnny Beecher. He still has mm-hmm. a little bit of work to do. Can yep. he get it done? Like, would he be good at the next level? Sure. But 
if he's not quite there yet, is he more likely to take a step back, not just physically with what he's doing, but also mentally? So by starting him out in Providence and kind of allowing him to work up the ladder and kick a Patrick Brown off the roster, that does a lot more mm-hmm. mentally for him. And if he did, even if he doesn't climb that ladder this year, going into next year, even if they have a guy on a PTO, he's going to be able to look at him and go, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I've done this before. I'm way better than I was last year. This guy doesn't stand a chance against me. Yeah. I, next year is the year okay. where you have so many openings where the guys that you all saw at camp this year or at, um, at the challenge this year, throw them all in with the DeBrusques and the Martians and Posternox and see what happens. Yeah. I, you know, I look at a, a, you bring up Beecher, dude. Like, what are we going on year four or five of him from getting drafted? You know, this is year four. Yeah. And it, 2019. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, really, the only NHL ready, in my opinion, NHL ready players that I think it would do them a dis- disservice to have them playing Merkulov. I have no, I would have no problem having him being a top six forward on this team. I, I would have, I would have no issue with it. Mm-hmm. I I think he I think he would be able to adjust with the pace, and I think he'd be able to put up numbers. I think he'd be able to have some chemistry with the, any of those top six guys that we mentioned. I liked how he played, um, but yeah, I'm maybe it's not a teleport puck. No smile. Um, the yeah, dude he's doesn't. Rushing. Here's my yeah. question. Kelly, he's the, he's the best. He doesn't sell. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my question: If he's that ready. Uh, and, and to your point, Andrew, it has to be a true meritocracy. But mm-hmm. if you're able to function, like that's the one thing the Bruins have this year. This year, they can function 100% as a meritocracy because no one's looking at them going Stanley Cup contender, making it to the finals like they were last year. People looked at them last mm-hmm. year and they went, okay, if they make the playoffs, this is a serious, serious cup contender. And what did they end up doing? They didn't miss a beat without Grizzly. They didn't miss a beat without Martian or McAvoy. And mm-hmm. then it was, oh my God, this team's way better than we thought. Stanley Cup or bust. This year, this team is looking at it going, we have a high ceiling. Our The bottom, the floor is there, but it can bottom out if we're not careful. And as a true meritocracy, a guy like Georgie Merkulov can find his way into the lineup if he can be just as good as player X. Now, obviously certain guys are not being moved from their pedestal. No one's overtaking David Posternock on right wing first line. No mm-hmm. matter how good Lee Sell plays, he will never get to anything higher than right wing two. And that's okay. That's what they want him right now. But if he can fight for right wing two and bump everyone else down, First of all, that almost forces your hand to move Jake DeBrusque back to the left side. Practically mm-hmm. forces you to do that. Yeah. So I'm hoping he can do it. I don't think he's there just yet. I want to see him develop more of the 200 foot game. I want to see him be more physically. I want to see him. I want to see him about 15 more pounds. So again, let's reassess in December where he's at. That's fine. We can re- reassess every week after that point. But let the kid develop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I want to put Jake DeBrusque on the right? Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised given what this team has in the farm system. 
which apparently blows according to everybody else that you talk to. I would yeah. look at what can you get for a Jake DeBrusque right now? You need help down the middle. We all know that. What could a pairing of Jake DeBrusque plus something else get you? I think, I mean, I think all of us can agree probably a number one center. Exactly. At least, at least, if not a solidified number one center, an upgrade from Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle. Someone that slots Zaka down to two. Yes. Where he belongs. Or better yet, Coyle down to three. I think you can get away with Zaka being your one one center if your number two center is a similar type guy. Yeah. Kind of two yeah. one B or two two twos, if you will, instead of you know what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mikey one, Mikey asked me earlier. Ones. Mikey asked me earlier who uh if I had any hot takes or whatever. I think you you know they do that segment with the answering the questions of the Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I pulled out of my ass. I'm like, I got Georgie Merkulov scoring 15 goals this year. I do. I like again, it, when put in the right position, when put in the right position, you're telling me playing a second line role, tossing him in there. Yeah, we have JVR, which woohoo, I guess, right? Putting a Merkulov mm-hmm. on a second line with with a with a coil or whatever, a Marshan. You don't think he could put up 15 goals the way he plays and playing I, with players like Charlie Coyle? Look at what Trent Frederick did. I think you're more likely to see 20 to 25 out of them next year than 15 so? this year. Yeah. I don't know. I look at it like, look what look what Coyle did for Freddie, dude. 17 mm-hmm. goals coming off the season that he had. We didn't even know if he was going to be on this roster going into last season. Oh, Frederick? Freddie. Yeah, yeah. He was. A, he was. Yeah, no. Was... Entering entering the season, I remember having a conversation on short shift, and Ian said I would get him off the. I I, I remember Ian yeah. just straight. A lot of people were ready to drive him to Logan. Exactly. And, exactly, and I think that also had to do a little bit with Cassidy and kind of the. He didn't really have a solidified role. I mean, people thought of him as a fourth line fighter. Like again, when we drafted him in the first, you know, the first round from Minnesota. We didn't, that's not, that wasn't his role. He was a power forward. And and again, look what playing with a guy like Charlie Coyle did for him. I can only imagine what it would do for a player like Murphy Love. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I I understand and I agree with it. I just, I don't know if this is the year we're going to get to see it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it goes back to our initial conversation of like, yeah, we can keep JVR there and see how he does and see, see what, what he gives us or... That's it, you know. Or if he doesn't produce, then I'd love to see one of the the younger I think, kids. I think ultimately, listening to this conversation and just chiming in every once in a while, I think ultimately what it really boils down to for me is that this is the last year that we can afford to gestate the prospects. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's it. But but I, let let me let me ask you let me pose it to you in this way. Mm. Are any of the prospects going to hurt from one more year in Providence? Is it going to make them regress? I think the only one where that is that might be a problem would be a Lauco. I don't. And I think. And I think. And I think honestly, you're looking at when you look at a player like Lauco. I think there are 31 other teams in the NHL that would kill to have a guy like Lauco on their. I have Lauco on this team. I don't consider him a prospect. Yeah. I. Okay. 
Yeah, I honestly no. I mean, to, well, if Lauko, I would no. say if I would say if Lauko has a tarot has a bad camp and is sent down, I think that is the only guy that young guy. Well, let's 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 kind of turn prospects into sort of this nebulous definition. We'll say young guy. He's the only young guy where being sent down to Providence may adversely affect him because so, as much as I like Lauko, I love his game and. From the from from what we saw last year, the dude draws penalties like a mother. He can move. He's got a shot. He's feisty as fuck. He's incredibly immature. <laughs> the the, the I, organization so much concerns about his maturity. I think Lauko. I I think the person who has the most to learn from playing with Milan Lucic is AJ Greer, because he was the most uh, irresponsible penalty taker. I think overall. Um, Lauko drew more penalties than he took, so I'm okay with that. If you extrapolated over an 82 game season, if you extrapolated um Lauko's penalty differential over an 82 game season, he would have led the league. That's you know how insane that is. I I think with ta- we're ta- when we were talking about the lineups, we're talking about Danton Heinen being on that third line, so that leaves Lauko on the fourth line. There is no I, scenario where I would want AJ Greer and Milan Lucic in the lineup at the same time. There's no, none. dear yeah. God, no. Yeah. yeah, but Lauko on the fourth line, I will fuck with that all day. With Lucic, I, I mean, take your pick. Not not just Lucic. I mean, if you want to throw in a Greer, take your pick. I mean, any any one of those guys we we talked about earlier. If you want to rotate Milan Lucic and AJ Greer and make e- a a Lon Lucic, <laughs> a Lon Greech. A long rear cheech. This may be a, I don't want to say a dumb question, but how would you guys feel about Van Riemsdyk on the fourth line? No. At that point, get rid of him. Yeah, at that point, no. If if you're at the point where you're considering putting a player like James Van Riemsdyk on the fourth line, it's time to cut your losses. See, that's why I say I think Dan Heinen is Van Riemsdyk insurance because I like the line better of Lauko, Geeky, Heinen. Putting yeah, Freddie yeah. on the top on the second line with Coyle and Marshan. And Freddie, I think, he's, Freddy, I think he's the guy with the most variance in this lineup. He he could end up anywhere from the second right wing to the fourth left wing. Yeah, or four C. I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah, that too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Would you four C is a crapshoot right now? It could be it could be Freddie. It could be Boquist. It could be McLaughlin. Could yeah. be Brown. Could be Beecher. Could be. <laughs> It couldn't be Brown, but could be Beecher. <laughs> I, I, if it's Patrick Brown, you have a lot of other questions that need to be answered. I'm literally. If you, if you give it's Patrick Brown, we have some. Ex- I'm getting Chris a centennial Patrick Brown jersey. Hey, you <laughs> know why? Here's the thing: mm-hmm. Patrick Brown has a contract, and they signed him. Because they thought they weren't going to be able to afford Thomas Noshik, wouldn't you have rather like of the two, no, like you would have much it. rather paid the extra two hundred k to bring in Thomas Noshik back, right? Yep. Yeah. So why didn't they? Because this is a contract you can bury in Providence if he can't do anything else, and he can't do anything else. Yeah, but why would why would you worry about burying a contract in Providence when you already had a guy like Thomas Noshik who you know? is a good fit for this organization and who played well. Because you don't want to block the kids. 
You want a guy like Beecher to be able to take the spot. But then, but, but I mean, this also goes into a situation of did Noshik actually want to stay here? You know, stuff like that. Sure. I feel like with the Czech connection, though, he wouldn't have minded staying. Yeah, mm-hmm. but New Jersey? Like, I don't know. For like 200K extra? I like, I like this. I do. No, 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 no. I'm talking about more so the fit for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I like the fit for him there, too. I really do. I mean, I don't know. For 200K extra, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Something, well, something. Also, there, also, know? I think we're kind of forgetting a really big point here. Uh, Chris, uh, fuck, no shake, <laughs> no shake. You talked about Carter Hart insurance for Cal Patterson. No shake is McLeod insurance for New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That would make sense. Yeah, but but here's the thing. Right now, you're running Hughes, Heshire. And what McLeod is your three? Hughes, or, no, Ho- Hollow could be your three C. Yeah, Hollow. Mm-hmm. So Holla, yeah, the, the deal he so right just now, got. Right yeah, now, that's your three C. Right now, yeah, you're you're sure. running Jack Hughes, Nico Heshire, Eric Holla, Thomas Noshik down the middle. That's a pretty solid spine right there. Yeah. Also, you also also you have also consider right now this very moment you have Michael McLeod. Who yeah. was second in the NHL in faceoff percentage last year? Right. Yeah. Now the, the the thing with Nosek though is he can also kick over to the left side. So now you mm-hmm. can have McLeod and Nosek on two different lines in two different roles, and have two of the best faceoff centermen in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh by the way, Thomas Nosek helped run one of the best power uh, penalty killing units kill, yeah. in the league last year. Yep. He and he was excellent in that role, and they suffered when he was hurt. Mm-hmm. I would have made it. Realistically, you knew you were going to lose Bertuzzi, you know Orlov. I would have made it a point to at least bring him back. Like, mm-hmm. well, see, I, that's I, the thing. Who's more, who's more likely to block a young John Beecher? But Patrick if you're trying, you're talking about Kosick. yeah. But you're talking about wanting to compete, right? I'm talking about wanting. Who to gives compete. you the chance to win? But here's Tom, the thing: Patrick if Brown John- doesn't. So you're ultimately saying that you know Patrick Brown's going to fail, hopefully, right? Then these young kids are going to slot in there. Is that? I what think he saying? means. I think he means that the gap is more narrow between the two. Exactly. Yeah. Thomas. Thomas knows if you bring in Thomas Noshik, the signal that you're sending to John Beecher is, buddy, you ain't got no shot. If you bring in Patrick Brown, he sits there and he goes, "I can compete with the guy. I may mm-hmm. not beat him out, but I can compete with him." If I work hard enough, I can beat him out. Yeah. Like, like, what, what I think what you're looking at it as is Thomas Noshik and Patrick Brown are on the same level. They're not. They both play 4C. They both do things very similarly. But if Noshik is the A, Brown is the B, and Beecher's at C, you're trying to let him see that he's closer to the league than he thinks. And you're trying to boost his comp. It's a mental thing for him. Cause if he can beat out Patrick Brown, it, it, but it's also not as bad for you to bury Patrick Brown versus lose a Thomas Noshik for nothing. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. 
I just – it's funny, going back to what Andrew said, it's, I, none of the, my lineups have had Patrick Brown in it. The only reason and why honestly, I, I have him in, in mind is because they gave him the contract. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it's fair. PTO, I would lean the other way. Do you think Chason has a has a chance in making this team? Not, Not now. anymore. I was before I was a little... Heinen, before Heinen, I gave it like a ten percent chance. I mean, I I I praised the flyer aspect of it that it was just a guy that was just that it was just you know you you throw a PTO at him, give it a shot. Dude has fought for his NHL life for the last four years. He's gotten in the last four years he's. Made teams on three PTOs and an AHL contract, and now he's got to do it again. At some point, that that's got to run out. And also, did you catch his comment about being signed to all the PTOs? Yeah, no that that's exactly why I asked the question. It it wasn't really encouraging, especially for a Bruins fan. Like seeing his reaction, it's like, does he actually want to be here? Or is he just kind of here because he didn't really have any other option? Uh, if it, if, if, it feels like he's here because they they offered him the PTO and he felt like he he felt like that he had to take it or else he had no NHL future. Right. So it's and that's totally not really right. something that's encouraging, especially yeah. with the young guys coming up, seeing a guy like that with that reaction. He got an AHL contract, uh, worked hard enough in Grand Rapids to get an NHL contract, and then scored six goals in twenty games. And he probably thought, yeah, that should secure me a one year deal. It no. didn't. No six, but. Like what? What does Alex Chason do? Really, really, really well. He's big. Net front bangles. <laughs> yeah, he's big. That's it. Big but guy do bang- big guy do big, but actually produce. Yeah. But here's the thing: six goals in twenty games. You just said that. That's a twenty-four goal pace. Yeah. I mean, where do you want that guy in your lineup if he can only do it on the power play? I don't. I don't. I'm I'm, See, that's I'm, the difference I'm putting in context like, what Chason is feeling, not what I think he should yeah. be. Right. But that's <laughs> the difference between a guy like Alex Chason and Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Like they, there's a big difference there. There's about, I don't know, 25 goals. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Chason can do it on the power play. So can Ovechkin. Ovechkin can do it five on five, five on four, four on five at any fucking time of the game. <laughs> Chason, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't see Chase on making this team. Honestly, I even I hesitate to even put Steen on this team right now. I'll be honest, man. He's he's gone like I haven't even really considered him. Um Steen, I love I love I love Steen. I love watching him play. I love his motor. I love how he just rings out every last bit of himself out, out, you know, that, that game against St. Louis last year, that game against St. Louis last year, he was really good. Um, I'll always remember the time that he, that he fucking blasted Zidane Ochara, who's, he's, who's a foot taller than he is, <laughs> knocked him off his feet. I was like, I love this kid, but I think he's a 4A guy. Yeah. Does he have enough to make this team? I think he's a 4A guy, so no. Okay. I love him. I love him and would love to see him make the team. I think I think you you, you have to you have to be objective in these sort of things. And yeah. I think that he is he's what I used to call um Zach Seneshin. Swiss Ooh. League All-Star. 
Okay. Yeah. It's true. He will go overseas and he will kill it over there. I think Cena's a little bit more than than that. I think he can play in the NHL. I just I don't know if Me too. I do too. I don't know but... if Boston is the fit. That's just it. I I Steen package Steen with DeBrusque and a third round pick. What can you bring back? Yeah, I think just unfortunate. It's it's just unfortunate for Steen. You know what we have. What the what we have um, in our top six. I think when given the opportunity, I think he, I think could be solid for a team. It's just that team isn't the Bruins. He seems like a St. Louis Blue to me. <laughs> I could see that. With Alex Steen. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I, I don't know. It just it's it seems like a a a place they would send him off to. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't do that to for the kids. What? <laughs> I don't know. It just uh, what I would mean... be the straight trade for Alex Alex Steen? Jeez, thanks, 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 Davis. <laughs> <laughs> what would What's be a... the straight? Tra- Alex well, Steen's been just retired for like three years. <laughs> that's the kind of team that I see him on. So. Yeah. St. Louis, Nashville. Ooh, Nashville wouldn't be a bad opportunity to try and and make a deal for Steen. Oh, they need Fords. Yeah, bad. bad uh, they do. Yeah. I want. I wonder if. Uh, nah, I don't really want to go after any of that. I mean, what would what would you be looking for? You'd be looking for a center, right? Yeah. At this point. For if if I did like a one for one trade for Steen, I'd probably get nothing more than a six round pick. Well, that's the thing, though. If you if you can package, you'd have to package him. him. Yeah, yeah. If you can package him, and and this would probably have to be some semblance of a three team deal because the guys that you're gonna look to target from Nashville, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's stuck there. They're not gonna look to move him. They've kind of committed to Cody Glass and you see you uh, you saw Parson in is one twenty two and looks legit top type center. I think mm. the guy that you might be able to pry from him might be Thomas Novak. It's going to cost you to get him. Yeah, I mean but he's they are, but my my guy, my dude, they are so starved for Fords, man. And if you give him two, you help him. And honestly, you would be able to okay, you could give him a third. You'd be able to give him another center back, just not with that high of a ceiling. Or if you're giving him another winger like a Brett Harrison, someone who could play center, but we project out to be a winger. Mm-hmm. DeBrusque, Harrison, and Steen. Mm-hmm. Plus a, a fourth round, third round draft pick, and you get a 26-year-old Thomas Novak and a, another middling pick. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't hate it. I don't know. Do you do that? Do I, don't how, I don't know how likely the, I don't. I don't know how likely this trade it, this trade is to happen. Um, I to think you're better year, off getting a. Thir- I think you're better off getting a third team involved because that's when you can move one of your goaltenders. Oh, Jesus Christ! And if you move <laughs> one of your goaltenders, rabbit hole. But but what I'm saying is if you move one of your goaltenders to a team that has something better to give Nashville, Mm. then you're throwing Oscar Steen to Nashville. You're throwing Jake DeBrusque with one of your goaltenders. Now you have the makings of a much better deal for all parties involved. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, who's that third team? 
mm-hmm. who's moving on from that third team. And that's where you have to play the game of actually making the fucking phone call. Cause we can project it all day long, but we're not the ones who have to pull the trigger. Right. We're not the ones who get to look through their phones because we just fucking want to. Hey, no shit. Can I see your, can I see your phone? No, it's, we got to look through Davis's phone. Uh, hey, Davis, can I see your phone? You might find something interesting. Oh, there, there <laughs> You'll have to your eyes after. There's an awful lot of buttholes on this phone. <laughs> uh, um, just, I, I want to wrap this up. We, we, we've got almost two hours here, but we do have the latest development in the biz versus Babcock. Babcock has resigned. Everyone is touting biz was right. Andrew thoughts to wrap up the, the saga. Uh, a broken clock, a broken clock finds a squirrel nut twice a day. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, on the one hand, fuck (laughs) them. Like no, nobody can look. Okay. They did a net positive by bringing this to light. It's still the way that they did it. That I still have a problem with. But do the I the, the I think the main question for a lot of people here and for a lot of people, whether you be a Chicklets fan or a Chicklets hater or just don't really think much about Chicklets, is does the end justify the means? See, that's that's the question, isn't that's it? That's the thing. You you you're absolutely right. They did a net positive. Mm-hmm. Claps for them. Golf clap for them. Yeah. They did a yeah. Net positive. yeah. Good job. By the Here's- way. No, I, I just want to fin- finish this thought and then and then I'll I'll let you I'll let you go. I never denied Babcock was a fucking weirdo. Neither did I. <laughs> Who would absolutely do something like this? But it turned out he absolutely did something like this. So here's here's the thing, and, and I, I definitely am interested in your thoughts after Davis as well. To summarize mm-hmm. it as Biz was right is not fully accurate. Because, yes, he was right. He got the text message. He was right on what he read. And ultimately, the semblance of what he was trying to say was correct. But they portrayed Mm -hmm. the the story that they portrayed was Babcock said, hey, team captain, get in here. I want to see what's on your phone. I want to see what kind of man you are. Those are the words that Biz used. Mm -hmm. All right. And then he immediately goes into. Why are you worried about dick pics on the phone and all this other stuff? He brought in Boone Jenner, which he has since apologized for. Good on biz. I'm going to give him credit where it's due. Good on biz for that. All right. It wasn't the story that he portrayed. Was he correct in that there was some issue here? Yes. However, if you look at all of the reporting, not from biz, from the insiders, Elliot Friedman and those guys. All right. This was for the most part nothing. It was much ado about nothing in the beginning. It became more, but if you also listen to what Elliot Friedman reported on, it became more because of prior players that Babcock coached. And that's where I sit there and I go, okay. How much of this is based off of former players that he coached and current players that he coached? Because quite frankly, 
just because he did this five years ago or eight years ago, wherever with Detroit and with Toronto, and he was out of pocket then, doesn't mean he's fucking up right now in the same way. To use that as evidence to say that he is now is incorrect. Now, obviously, further digging, further investigation, and Andrew, you mentioned this earlier, led to an incident that was away from team facilities. That's a concern. But again, we don't know the full extent of it. And I don't think we ever will. But one of the key things here is Columbus had the opportunity to fire him with cause. If there was enough there, which means they would not have had to pay him. They allowed him to resign, which means there's enough gray area that Babcock could come back with. This isn't now you're firing me for old shit. Which means it we're we're adding two plus two and we're still getting 3.9. We're just shy of the full thing. So we're not exactly at biz was correct. Babcock probably still shouldn't have been coaching. So the end result, not a negative to your point. But we're still way we're 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 not there yet. It's a fucking weird power dynamic that may and, not have had any ill intent but was st- is still a is still weird intent behavior. not on paper yeah. that's the thing intent is not on paper so by letter he may have done something but by mm-hmm. intention he may not have and i think that's where the gray area is and the last thing is i didn't mean to is ne- is, is not always the best defense i guess is the, right but yeah. here's the thing biz also knows this that's why he's again doubled down by reinforcing we're a player's podcast, sexual assault reference. <laughs> like take, take your win with a little bit more grace, please. <clears throat> then I'm happier to give it to you. Mm-hmm. What do you think Davis? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just this whole fucking situation is bizarre. I, <clears throat> I don't really know what to make of it. I am glad Mike Babcock is no longer a coach. Mm-hmm. I think it's completely fair. I think he has gotten way more chances than he deserves to be a coach in this league. Um, I think it should do It's just, I, I don't even know what to say. It's such a bizarre thing to speak on because mm-hmm. I just put myself in these kids spot. Like if, if that's what happened that he wanted to go through that it's just bizarre. It's just bizarre behavior. It, it, is. it is. It is. It's inappropriate and it's bizarre behavior for a head all coach. Babcock had to, all ba- all Babcock had to do was not be weird. I mean, That's I will a, say everything no, no, you're no, no, saying. That's not true, Andrew. He had to be perfect. Yeah. Which is also not be weird. Yeah. <laughs> all Babcock, because you know, Hawk's eye is on you. Well, I mean, that's like having any one of your employers coming to you and asking you, well, I want to see what kind of person you are. Give me your phone. Let, let me let me look. If my your boss phone. came up to me tomorrow at, at my job and said, give me your phone. I want to see what kind of person you are. You know how many variations of fuck off would come out of my here's, mouth? <laughs> here's one other thing, too. And and, and this is something that I, I admittedly doubt is in the player's contract or anything like that. But, Andrew, for instance, for you. If you do any business for your job on your phone, your employment agreement allows them the right to do that. Sure. You can still what say, fuck you, I What business does a hockey yeah, player what do business on their is phone? A... 
I don't know how or what is written in there. I'm just saying in certain circumstances, an employer does have that right and that ability. Does it make it less weird? No. No, it doesn't. I just find it weird that however long the NHL has been around, this is the first time ever we have heard of anything like this. But but that's the point. Babcock says he's been doing this since his days in Detroit. Which is crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Now, now, is it more so the players don't want to come forward and, and jeopardize their opportunities at being in the NHL? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Could, that could and, be and part of it. And that's, that's the part that might be the problem. Right. And, well, and you apparently know what, this now, was a very young kid that, that 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 was the crux of this 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 you know and yeah now you're seeing all these former players coming up they have what do they have to lose they have nothing to lose their career's over they're mm-hmm. retired they're done so they have no problem speaking on it a kid that's trying to make the NHL a dream that he's had his entire life you think he's going to come forward and possibly jeopardize that I doubt imagine, it imagine if it was Cole Sillinger oh, man I I don't want to I don't no, know. I'm not, but but what? But that's kind of my point. He's 20 years old. He's already fighting for an NHL roster spot. He's the bubble kind of guy that you know. But his ceiling is high enough. Does he have that type of clout? Like, if this was Chicago, imagine if it was Connor Bedard. Does he have the kind of clout to be able to say, "No, you're my coach," but no. If it was Connor Bedard, the Blue Jackets would not have. If it was Adam Fantilli, we'll 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 you know do that like sure, for like Fantilli. If it was Adam Fantilli, the Blue Jackets would not have given him the opportunity to resign. They would have fired him. I think it oh. sort of depends. I think it sort of depends on the on the um position. I, I think it's also a combination of what Chris said too. Is Babcock could have possibly pulled the old? Well, I didn't know. Like I didn't know this was against, and that's why it's that gray area of like well. You know, does he have a chip? Like, maybe he really didn't know. And I don't know, dude. I, again, we none of us know. Like, it we is bizarre that. that, yeah, it is bizarre that he was afforded the opportunity to resign. Um, now, it, it definitely the, makes you wonder. The behind that are also, was he being, was, did he go to them and say, guys, this just isn't worth it for me. I'm just going to resign. Let's figure that out because I don't give a fuck anymore. And I don't need this job. Fuck you. I'm out. In which case, you know, if, if he's going to them to resign, they're accepting his resignation as opposed to just saying, no, you're, we're just going to fire you. Well, put it this way. If he went first, if he knew that he fucked up and he went to Yarmo Kekalein and, and he, he it may wanted not be to a resign. Matter of, I know I fucked up. It, it, there's a difference between I know I fucked up. I'm going to resign and I don't want to deal with this bullshit. I'm out. Well, do you think him resigning in his mind, he might have another chance at getting a job in the NHL? Because in in the the way that it's being looked at now, the fact of the matter is he resigned. He wasn't fired. Right. And now and he could go to mind, different teams and explain it. In right. his mind, he may think he has a shot. Right. I name a GM who's gonna take that chance. I think he had a better opportunity of resigning now than letting a full investigation go through. Right, because now it can be dropped and never ended. And exactly, just, and he can and he can he can spin over. it any which way he wants. He can go to whatever team that wants to talk to him and say, "Well, listen, this was a misunderstanding. I wanted to step down and resign because I didn't want to." He can spin it any which way he wants. I, I knew I wasn't going to be able to hold the locker room. Yep. Blah 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 blah. What mm-hmm. team do you look at though and go, Mike Babcock's the fit? None. Exactly. None. 
He's done. My, not at, not, nephew's, not in this age of the NHL. I wouldn't even let him coach my nephew's youth team. Mm-hmm. No, no, I especially wouldn't let him coach your nephew's youth yeah. team. <laughs> like, dude, no, there's no. He doesn't belong in the NHL. This this age of these fucking dinosaurs having jobs, over. Yeah, it's done. It's a new NHL. It's a new wave of players coming in. Again, you can't treat players nowadays like you could in the 90s in the early 2000s it's different and yet it's there were the, there were some there were some owners meetings this summer where apparently stan bowman and joel quenville made a plea to uh for reinstatement they don't belong oh. in the nhl they don't correct correct that is correct but as long as these dinosaurs continue to have a pulse there will still be those in the club that will defend them. And it's the owners now, and man it's the it's the dinosaurs and management too. Right. Now do I think now do I think Babcock will ever get a job in the NHL ever again? I don't. And the the my my short shift my short shift co-host disagreed with me. I they, I'm gonna they say they both this think thing. Babcock will have a job in the NHL again. And I think I, do not. I don't think it's it's necessarily that I disagree with your point. It's how shitty I think people are. Someone is going to give him an opportunity. He absolutely does not deserve it. Doesn't mm-hmm. at all. Didn't deserve this opportunity. He no. didn't. But guess what? John Davidson, one. the fucking president of the Jackets, said it himself. Yeah. yeah and and know, guess maybe, what? Maybe he's... they were right. You, you think, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> but again, he's he's continuing to get these jobs. And I have no faith in fucking any of these general managers, any of these ownership, I don't. Someone is going to give him an opportunity. Again. And if you are one of those GMs who think Mike Babcock deserves another shot in the NHL after all of this hullabaloo, you can puck off! Here's what the conversation was between Chris and I to have you on. Yeah, Chris has a has another podcast has another podcast, but he's going to come on around eight thirty, and we'll probably do about an hour, and then maybe we'll knock out a couple teams in our season preview. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, "You lying sack of shit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude." I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I, no, it's uh, not you. It's not you. It's because it's just. It's, it's not just, you, Chris. It's us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just whenever whenever. Whenever we get, whenever we, whenever Noshik and I just become, just you know, we we get together and we start recording, we have this thing in our heads where it's like we're only going to record an hour. We'll get we'll get done two teams in this and da 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 da, and we'll blink and it's two hours and forty five minutes and five teams are done. 